Alrighty, let's count down in five, four, three. Hello everybody, welcome to RPG Cast, episode 439 for the week of September 16, 2017. I'm your host, Chris Privetier. Along with my cat Simon, we bring you RPG podcasts. Joining me on our journey this week, Kelly Ryan. Don't stop believing. No, wrong journey. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Also here, Pascal Takaya. Hi. Hello. Alex. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Why did I forget Alex's last name? Fuller. Alex Fuller. I'm not singing. You what? I'm not singing. You're not singing. Oh, good. Thank you. No. All right. Yeah, my bad singing erased it from your memory. Oh. And then speaking of bad singing, Anna Marie Privetier <laughs> is here this week. Anna? <sighs> <laughs> this is your opportunity to beguile us with your... To beguile us? To serenade us. No. <laughs> How's everyone doing? Excellent. Excellent. All right. Uh, we got a lively cast this morning. Can you just feel it? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All right. Well, with that level. I have of an energy, excuse. You do. It's yeah. Our week has been very crazy. This was this was Hurricane Week down where I live. Oh, that's right. Are you still there? Yeah, I am. Where? And were you hit hard? Uh, not as hard as we had. Um, as as not as hard as the news had uh, predicted. It was it was mild compared to other places. Good. Still lost power for a few days. It seemed like Florida didn't have nearly the flooding that Houston had. Um, no, it, because I, it, go ahead. It's kind of relative. There's no dams that were bursting in Florida. Yeah. That makes a big uh, difference. Um, also, one's a floodplain. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. But, uh, yeah, Florida got very lucky and the storm took some very fortuitous turns. So, and it lost, uh, most of its power before it made landfall. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, it completely decimated non-American countries. Well, and the mm. keys didn't do too well. But uh, yeah, you're right. Um, I'm talking about non-American countries, please. I I'm the Florida aware. Keys are still America. Yeah, I know. Uh, hence the uh, the word and, but don't take my word for it. <laughs> All right, so when we're done checking the tape to see whether or not I uh, properly acknowledged that the Florida Keys are part of America or not, um, we can go <laughs> and send some aid to places like Barbuda, which have been completely flattened <laughs> twice <laughs> by two different hurricanes. Yeah, not good there. Uh, well, 
So, with that pleasantness dealt with, uh, so Pascal, the hurricane's done. It's just a memory. No, no repercussions to you, right? That's how it works. Mm, just yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. No, no more repercussions at this point. Actually, um, some people are losing power now. Oh, jeez. Uh, uh, so if <clears throat> if I disappear midstream, that would be, that would be why. Yeah. Either that, or the flooding was just very late, and you get swept out to sea. Bye-bye, Pascal. It's been sitting right out there just a, a mile away from my house for a week, and this is when it decides to come in. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, um, all right. So we're out of the hurricane, uh, which, by the way, we've now had two hurricanes affect two different people on the podcast this year, right, Anna? Yeah, because yeah. Jonathan hasn't been here because he's in Texas yeah. and got in for the other hurricane. <laughs> How many other hurricanes? This is good for you if you're playing, like, hurricane bingo. I know. Like, okay. So the people in England, they're unlikely to be hit by a hurricane. Yeah, I hope you didn't pick either of us. Yeah. Anna and I would be... If a no. hurricane hits us, there's some very serious problems for most of the country. Now, tornadoes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tornadoes can hit us. Yeah, so. I was... In fact, we had... I was about to say, we, we get tornadoes, and that's a different kind of frustrating... Yeah, yeah a tornado hit Chris's work. Anna and I are in Wisconsin. Kelly, where are you at? K- Kansas. I'm Kansas. in Tornado yeah. Central. <laughs> You're not getting a hurricane. I think we're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. Mm-hmm. Ah. Can you tell like it's like a Wizard of Oz stuff? She's still in Kansas, Anna. That's the problem. Oh, She's still in Kansas. She's tired of it. Can we just not be in Kansas at some point? I, I have never been directly hit by a tornado, but I've been, like, within a butt hair's distance of a tornado. A, a butt hair? A yes, butt that's hair. a unit of mm. measurement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you look that one up on Wikipedia later. All right. Google, how long is a butt hair? Oh! Well, are we talking length or width? That's a good question. <laughs> Very relevant terminology. There's it's a terrible question. <laughs> There's nothing good about that question. All right. So I think we are at, yeah. So based on that, it doesn't seem like we're going to see many more people hit by hurricanes on the podcast who at least haven't already been hit by hurricanes. So uh, that's good. I'm not sure if that's good. All right. Well, Hurricane season's over. We had PAX season recently. Yep. <laughs> Anna, you went to PAX with me. Yeah. We talked about it last week, except you weren't here. here. <laughs> yeah, I had a work conference I had to go to. Oh, Simon, I know. All right. So with uh, with that in mind, Anna, do you want to tell the folks what, some of the stuff you saw at PAX? Yeah. So um, I saw Armello on the iPad. Mm-hmm. So you the digital board game. Yeah, I back so that. You've backed this. You've played it on the PS4. Uh, PC. PC. All right. So it's a it's a buy it once and play it forever on like all the consoles of PC, and it's like what fifteen twenty bucks. Like all the what? It's a buy buy it once play it forever. On so it's a normal PC. game. Yeah, it's yeah. a normal it's a normal game. <laughs> yeah. like, what are you trying to describe? All because right. it's free to play. Because on... they're showing a mobile version. Yeah. That's why. So All the right. mobile version is free to play. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so it's different. It's a different payment model than the console PC version. Um, but it's there's no energy, there's no cooldowns, there's no paywalls, there's no pay to win. Um, so the way that they do it is um, the heroes are purchased via in-app purchases, um, as are dice skins and board skins. Um, they hadn't really nailed down their pricing by the time we talked to them at PAX. They're still kind of playing with what it might look like. Um, they're kind of thinking about playing with a subscription model um, where kind of you pay a flat fee every month and it just kind of unlocks everything as long as you're subbed. Um, the problem is, of course, there is a point where you will have paid more for your subscription than if you had just bought the game outright on like the computer or a console. And they're not really sure how to deal with that yet. Um, so it plays on an iPhone, an iPad, and almost all Android devices. Um, when you play multiplayer, everybody plays on their own device. Um, multiplayer is in real time, um, and you play over Wi-Fi. They kind of dinked around with async, and it just didn't make a lot of sense. It didn't work really well. Um... It auto-saves after every turn. So it's got this kind of cool, like, day-night cycle um, where you, like, do your, do your, do, do, do kind of, like, your turn where you're moving around and you're doing actions. H how do I explain, like, what you're doing in Armello, Chris? You're wandering around the map, and depending on your hero, you have different movement and different abilities, and you, like, pick up cards, and that determines the actions that you can do. And the right. quest that you're undertaking. Yeah, and, and then you're 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 pursuing like one of several different victory paths, like. Um, so you can do like a popularity path. Yeah. Or you can go kill the king. Yeah. Or you you're. And or you could just and do you can a become rot the victory. Good, and you can become, become the good guy. king. Yeah. yeah. So you can like kill the king and become a good king, or you can wait for the king to die of the rot, which is what he's infected with. And if you are the second most, if you are the most rotted person after the king, you then become the king of the rot. And so that's another way to win. Yeah, it's, yeah, lots of different paths. Um, it is a real-time game. So while other people are taking their turns, you can pop cards on them. So um, there are things for you to do while, uh, while it's not your turn. And that's one of the things that tries to keep people active rather than just getting bored waiting for three other people to take their turn. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's it's our mellow. It's been out for a little while. You get lots of video on it online if you want. Yep. And there's the, tons of different characters in it, and the art's amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's really cool yeah. looking. And I'm looking at the trailer now. The art style yeah. looks really cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's no like single player campaign because it really is intended to be a multiplayer big game. But you can play it single player against um, enemy yeah. AI. Mm -hmm. And so they did want to make it competent. So every game is a little bit different because of the cards that you can get and the heroes that you can play. And like the, the way that the board is laid out is a little bit different every time. Um, so they said um, games only duplicate in about one in every two million games. Um, so even if you're just playing by yourself. Um, you'll you'll still have a fairly unique game. So they're shooting for a late 2017 launch on mobile. Um, 
and uh, the PC version and PS4 version already keep getting lots of updates yep. and new characters and stuff. So uh, if anyone wants to play, I've got it. Yep. I have all the packs. So. All right. And then I went and checked out. Um, so I guess there's a school in Redmond called um, DigiPen. Yeah. It's like the big video game university thing that's been around for a long time. Yeah. Um, so there was like a booth that was dedicated just to like the games for, for DigiPen students. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing about DigiPen is they make their students build their own engines. Um, and that is like a requirement. They can't use like an off the shelf engine. And so um, that kind of makes the students think, pardon the pun, outside the box. But I'm tis. And so these students um, made this game called Dragon Fishing. Um, which what is um, like an action open world RPG where um, you're fishing for dragons. Um, and so it's kind of this cool thing where you have sort of like this open area and you are on like this. Um, it, so it's, it takes place in the sky. Um, and you are a dragon fisherman. You come from a long line you are the latest in the lineage of dragon fishermen <laughs> um and so the idea is is your your parents were killed when you were very young they were also dragon fishermen they they died in a combat against a dragon so your uncle has been raising you um and he teaches you at the start of the game how to fish for dragons um and so it it kind of like gives you this little tutorial about how to um fish for dragons um and i will explain it um, and then he kind of gets kidnapped by the Leviathan, and the Leviathan is the queen of the dragons. And so the idea is, is um, there are three major dragons in the world, and then the queen of the dragon. So in order to lure out Leviathan and to rescue your uncle, you're going to have to defeat three major dragons. But before you defeat them, you're going to have to, you know, kind of grind on some lesser dragons. So... And so you're flying around a little airship, it looks like. Yeah, so you're flying around on this airship. And so the idea is, is you, it's, it's very action-oriented, and it's a little frantic. And so I'm trying to kind of explain the steps. The idea is, is you have to hook onto the dragon. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you fish, and you hook onto the dragon, and then it freaks out. And it tries to like run away from you. And so you have to stay hooked onto the dragon and you have to sort of use your, your, um, your boosters to get close to the head and crash into the head. And then there's a quick time event. Yes. And so you smash your button and that does damage to the dragon's head. And when you do enough um, damage to the dragon head, that conks it out and you're able to successfully fish it. Cool. Um, but while what does that do? Um, that that like slays the dragon. Oh, kills it. Okay. Yes. And then you're done with that. Then you're done dragon. with that dragon. Yeah. And so doing so nets you prizes, and then you go to town, and so um, you get um, rewards for fishing up a dragon, and then you sell those, and you can buy other things. Because the idea is, is you're sort of slaying lesser dragons to prepare for taking on one of the three major dragons and you have to defeat all three major dragons to lure out the leviathan so progression um 
So you kind of go to Skyvana, which is the um, central hub, and they kind of have it set up um, kind of like very Pokemon-esque. So you can repair your ship for free at the hub, or you can buy um, Insta repair kits that sort of work like potions while you're out in the field. Um, and you can, when you're out in the field, there are smaller dragons that are babies. There are larger dragons that are adults. There are the three um, major dragons and then the Leviathan. You can't find the Leviathan until you're like ready to fight it. So you're never going to accidentally stumble into it. Um, so there's also uh, a person, a place you can go to take on quests. And quests might be, hey, um, you know, some people went out to explore this area and they never come back. Can you go see if you can like fly there and find them? There might be, hey, this like adult green dragon killed my sister. Go slay three of them because I hate their guts now. Um, so it's a mix of like um, finding things, finding places, killing stuff. Um, yeah. And so the, the other cool thing that I noticed that I thought was really nifty is... Um, some of the items that you can buy in the game are um, bombs. And so the idea is, is um, most dragons have like a limited area or region that they will fly in once they've been hooked. And you have to kind of experiment to figure out what that is. And by the way, they will use the environment to their advantage. So like one of the dragons that I hooked attempted to scrape me off on like this little... Um, rock it would just like fly around and around on the rock to try to scrape me off so I had to mm. like fly backwards to try to target its head um, so once you know kind of what area that it um, flies in you can actually set up bombs so that if it like tries to like do something tricky for it, tricky against you you can like set up a bomb in its path and it will like stop it from doing the tricky thing so it was kind of nifty um, I don't know when they're going to put it out because um, it's a student game, and they put it out when they graduate. Do you think they will put it out? Yes. Like for sale and stuff? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and then I uh, went and checked out... Um, this was the RPG Maker game that we saw. Is it Vidar? Yeah, Vidar. Vidar. Like, I never remember the pronunciation. Yeah. So this was kickstarted in 2015, and it launched in June 2017. It had Which, been by the way, searching for Vidar just brings up Gundam Vidar. <laughs> apparently there's a Gundam. Oops. <laughs> Alice isn't here to clarify what that's about. but uh... Yeah, so it launched in June 2017 after being in early access for six months. Um, and it tells a random story each time. And so... You are a stranger, a traveler that has stumbled into a town where 24 people live. Um, the problem is, is when you come here, the town falls under a curse and every night someone dies. Um, and the order of people dying is completely random. So every time um, you play the game, it, the story is completely different. Um, and the interesting thing is, is because it's totally random, 
um, when people die, it completely affects the story that you get because it changes which quests are available and when. And it changes the, the, the order of the lives of the people in the town. So, for example, um, we played through the demo that he had, and it, the demo randomly kills off like six people to start just to kind of seed the town. So the first time we played through, there was a girl that was sitting in the bar and she was getting super wasted. Um, and so we went into the dungeon and we did stuff and we like finished the demo and then we restarted the demo and she got killed. So she wasn't sitting in the bar anymore. And so there was another person that was in the bar because she was in the bar. They weren't there anymore because she was dead. So there were like real actual impactful things that were happening because people were dead can you stop any of the deaths or do they always die somebody always dies so um he kind of your goal is to stop it before everybody dies yes (laughs) okay so you have 25 days to you're finish the, 25th. the dungeon <laughs> because you're the 25th death yeah. if you die i see if you die it's game over well there's nobody left anyway so. right <laughs> so the idea is as he calls it zelda without combat so the idea is is during the day you have as much time as you want to wander around the town talk to people take on quests um uh, interact with people um you know figure out what has changed in town, see if there's anything that you can do in town, buy items, um, anything like that. And then when you go into the dungeon, you have 30 real minutes to get as far as you can into the dungeon. What is this, Phantom Hourglass? Yeah. And then at the end of those 30 minutes, night passes. It it, it it turns from day to night to the next morning and someone has died. So the interesting thing is, is all of the quests that you pick up, um, have you doing something within the dungeon? Um, and he kind of described it as a risk reward system. So some of the quests will give you things like a visible timer. Some of the quests will give you things like an extended timer. Some of them give you running boots. Some of them give you, Um, shortcuts further into the dungeon but you always have to deviate from the main path to complete the quests so you're risking kind of completely giving up a day to finish these quests and so you're risking if you don't finish these quests that the person you're doing the quest for is going to die Um, also every, at this, when you start a playthrough, um, the dungeons and the puzzles within them are randomized. Um, they will stay the same through that entire playthrough, but when you start a new playthrough, they will be completely scrambled. They won't be the same. Um, so... The the one thing that I wasn't super fond of is there's no obvious way to tell who has a quest. So you have to talk to everybody if you want to see who has a quest. 
I didn't really like that. I was hoping they would have like a little. There's only 24 marks. people to check in. That's true. And fewer every day. Yeah, that's true. So I mean, there is a finite amount of people you have to talk to at the very least. Um, the night, but he did say that there are arrows on um, items that you interact with. Yeah. I mean, the his kind of general philosophy was that he really wanted to have a super clean UI. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm sorry, I lied. You don't have 30 minutes. You have 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Oh. Yeah, 10 minutes. 10 minutes to get as far as possible. After that, someone else dies. Jeez. Um, How are you going to do any side quest then? So there are 30 to 60 puzzles per time you play the game. And there are 400 hand-designed puzzles in total. And there will be a patch in the future that adds more puzzles. Was it like Zelda puzzles? Yeah, they're Zelda-esque puzzles. So a lot you... of ice sliding and and stuff like that. Yeah, so I mean that was. Oh. Yeah, so there are four different environments. So I think he said like ice, swamp, and forest, and I forget what the fourth one was. Don't quote me on those because the only one that we saw was ice. Um, the cool thing is you can start at the beginning. Or you can start at the latest room you have been to at the cost of 30 seconds. Um, so there is a new game plus, um, and it is unlocked by finishing the game at least once. And the cool thing is, is it lets you control who dies each night. So the idea is, is if you want to see the story unroll in a very specific order, or if you want to get to the end of certain people's stories who keep dying too Early. soon for you to finish them in right. your other playthroughs, yeah, you could just keep them alive until later and then you can see the end of their story. Yep. And I mean, the interesting thing is, is um, there are story kind of elements that only activate if the right amount of people live or die. So for example... Um, there is a house that burns down only if the right four people are dead. Um, and there is someone who is bitten by a venomous spider only if the right four people are alive. <laughs> so it's kind of got like a lot of nuance to it and a lot of kind of these hid little Easter eggs. And so it's available for... Um, hang on, let me check my notes here. Um, Windows, Mac, and Linux, and has controller support. All right. And then you and I played Fort Triumph. We did. So this is being developed by a group in Israel, which I thought was really interesting because I was like, I didn't really think there were that many game developers in Israel. And he's like, yeah, in Israel, the only games you develop are crap mobile games. And I was like, whoa, that's a strong statement. So, yeah, there is, like, no development of games in Israel unless you're making free-to-play mobile games. So they are kind of trying to break out of that mold. They're making a PC game. Um, It's a tactical RPG. Um, They've been in development for a little bit over two years with a team of 10. Um, They kickstarted it in May of 2017. And, like I said, there's, like, nobody that develops games outside of uh, mobile in Israel. So they're kind of just starting development in PC. Um, so most of the people that work on the game developed software, but not games. 
So they're really excited to be working on games. And like everybody that I talked to in that booth was like a thousand percent enthusiastic about their game. It was actually really cool. Um, so the game's story is that um, a couple of years ago, the world kind of very suddenly became very messed up. And he didn't really want to tell me why, because it's like very spoilery for the world story. Um, but it's like the dead are rising. Um, the trolls have come down from the mountains. So this kind of like core of heroic heroes have risen up and they're going to fix the problems. And so Fort Triumph is the main hub um, where all the heroes have decided to gather. Um, and so he described it as a modular story. And I was like, oh, so kind of like D&D. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the order of the campaigns don't really matter. Um, they have three different um, writers that are working on the narrative. Um, and they consider that like a super crucial part of the game. So I was like, yay, because I like story. Um, so it's a grid-based movement. Um, but I liked it because even though it's grid-based, it still felt like very like free-moving. Do you agree with that, Chris? Uh, it's like XCOM. Yeah. So it was still pretty fluid. Um, it's cool because when you attack, it like zooms in. Mm -hmm. Give and you a little cinematic camera stuff. Yes. And there's environmental stuff you have to interact with, like things you can knock over. Yeah, to, so to there's destructible objects. You can blow down stone. You can Not only can you like do things like blow down the stone columns, but if there's someone standing beside it, you can actually crush them with yep. it. Just showed that on the stream, actually. Yes. Um, so you have multiple party members, and each of them move and act independently. Um, they, they have this concept, it's in a bunch of games now where they have like this overwatch concept. So like you can set up your characters to, um, predict, um, an enemy coming into their, um, line of sight. And when they do, they attack them. Um, so enemies also have that ability. Boo. Um, I also had this really cool thing where I had like my big chicky warrior, like kick a little goblin into the big troll. Um, and then I had, and again, kind of, kind of, kind of going off this destructible object thing. I also had, um, my sorceress set a tree on fire and that set the character that was beside it on fire too. Was that one of your characters? Yeah. Oh, oops. Oh no, no, no. That was the bad guy. So um, they have four heroes, um, a paladin, a mage, a savage, and a ranger, and they're all female. And in fact, they got an unbelievable amount of crap for having only female heroes. And I thought that was really funny. <laughs> they got a lot of complaints. They were like, why aren't there any male characters? Did they say, how does it feel? <laughs> They were like, we didn't know how to respond to that because we thought that was really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they they kind of uh, came to a compromise and said that they may allow um, they, they may design male skins in the future. Um, but the defaults will always be female. 
Okay. And I told him that the male skin should be paid DLC, and he thought that was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, they are definitely considering other classes, um, but they are probably going to be DLC because they really want to focus on what they have at the moment. Um, you know, they, they have, like, really good ideas for a fifth and sixth class that they are definitely developing out. Um, but they won't be available at launch. So right now they are looking at doing early access in February. Um, and they are hoping for a launch by the end of 2018. Um, but I think they're looking for development and publishing partners right now. So that's kind of fluid. Because they're really small. Cool. They didn't actually have any realizations or decisions about why they were all female right they're just like this just happened yeah that just kind of it was a kind of like um it's another character boy or girl uh, girl girl all right they kind of just made them all girls and i don't think they just put a lot of thought into it they just kind of made them all women hmm. and they were like here's our characters and everybody was like wait why are they all girls and it's like why not because we made them that way why does it matter? Oh, that's uh, the same argument that people say when people have all men, and nobody's happy with that argument. That <laughs> <side>. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're writing and that's just how it happens, that's just how it happens. There's no well, that's ulterior why you can never motives have a, behind it. That's why you can never have a female link then, Kelly. Well, I don't want a female link. You don't? Oh. No. I want to play as Zelda. I do want that. Zelda's kind of gotten the shaft in games where she... You could I wouldn't mind her. a female Link as long as we don't actually call her Linkle. Yeah. I'm not okay <laughs> with that. It sounds too much like Tinkle. That's the name of the female Link in uh, Warriors, Anna. Or the... <laughs> what, what was that in? Yeah. that was They added that to Hyrule Warriors, right? I know. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. It sounds like Tingle. That's probably why they went with it. <laughs> and, and then, and then it's just a next is Tinkle, and like, oh, that's that's no good. Can't have a character named Tinkle. Um. What? Tinkle with a K. Oh, okay. Which is obviously the female version of Tingle, right? <laughs> we played. Ugh. We played Tunic. We played Tunic. I tried to talk about Tunic, but like you, I said you'd do a better job because you like the fox. He's a little foxy. So this was called Secret Legend last year. And so I was like, why did you guys change the name? And they basically were like, because uh, as soon as people walked away, they couldn't remember it anymore. <laughs> Anna, you're really short. I've, I've got our interview up. Uh-huh. And, like, you look like you're barely getting up into the screen versus who you're talking to. Really? We need to get a, We need to bring a milk carton for you to do interviews on. Okay. <laughs> it would be amazing. <laughs> Why don't you just get some platform heels? Um, no. <laughs> platform heels and a cane sounds like a disaster. <laughs> oh. It sounds like great fun, actually. No. Well, you can be that with me anyway. Oh. Oh. Well, if Alan was trying to interview me, that'd be interesting. I'm six foot seven. So, wait, why would we put them on you to begin with? 
So it wouldn't help Anna. Oh, meant. okay. Okay. Yes. Oh my gosh. We have to have you. We need to get you and Alex in a room, Anna, and like have you interview him and like and just see the camera just have like a little bit of your hair showing up in the bottom. We've done me and Miss Diana together on camera. What was the, wasn't there a Natsume one we had to stand you on a box? No, we stood me on a chair. Yeah. And, you were too short. And Miss Diana was like out of, was like on um, her knees holding me around the waist because <laughs> I couldn't keep my balance on the chair. It's in the bloopers video. That's great. Because you can hear her saying top tier, remember, top tier top in tier. the background. Mm-hmm. <laughs> top tier content. Yep. <laughs> right, um, so tell people about Tunic. Right. Okay. So yeah, they changed the name. Tunic makes perfect sense once you play the game, is what I'm told. Well, the little fox thing yes. wears a tunic. That is true. Um, but I'm not sure that's why. I'm sure it makes sense more once you play the game. All right. Um, so there's like this language in the game that... Um, it's a language it makes no sense um but you don't learn it in the same way that you learn like i'll bed in 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 10 you're not gonna get like a primer that like slowly transliterates one letter to another so you just kind of have to figure it out okay yep uh, it's runes and they show up in the thing and you were really obsessed on whether or not you could learn the language I, it's so. cool yeah okay all right um so it's kind of zelda ish mm-hmm. um except there's no health items mm-hmm. so um you start to get um oh what did they call it it's a dark souls item uh, you get like the equivalent of Estus flasks. Yeah. So you... These refillable flasks that every time you reset the world uh, get regenerated and then you can use them until they run yeah, out. Yeah. So, and you get, um, you find these like, um, like deity statues, which are cool because it's foxes which, with wings. Yes. Which is essentially like a bonfire in Dark Souls. Yeah. You kind of becomes a checkpoint and you can, and that resets the world's enemies when you use it. Um, and your flasks. Yes. So, yeah, that refills your little potions. Mm-hmm. And so, when you die like me, your potions get refilled to the attack point. So, that, that's the way you refill your health. Um, but the idea is the checkpoints are intended to feel really good to get to. And I agree with that statement. Um, so yeah, you run around and you beat up enemies and you roll around and you, you thwack them with a stick until you get the sword and then you thwack them with the sword and you explore around and there's like really cool music and there's like no other sounds other than like, you know, and music. It's very so atmospheric. I'm, I'm looking through YouTube for videos of tunic gameplay footage. Uh-huh. There aren't any. Except for us. We didn't do much gameplay footage. Oh, that's right. 
we really should have is what I'm figuring out. Like, oh. We we messed up. We should have got like some direct feed. I don't know something. if they they may not have been doing direct feed. We have B roll, I think. Well, we should put that. We B should roll totally up. post yeah, that. We'll have to talk to Ed. Yes. See if we can get that up because yeah, there's not a lot of it at all. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and then we did a West of Loathing interview. I've talked about West of Loathing. I like that. And then we did a Thimbleweek Park interview. You can see that on the YouTube channel. Um, and then I sat down and played Kingdom Two Crowns. So this is a PC game. It's like a minimalist strategy game. So you are uh, a monarch and you're randomly a king or a queen when you start the game. And you never get off your horse. And so you you have a camp in the middle and then you kind of ride either left or right and you um find coins what did you call it kingdom two crowns it's a pc game and the new thing that they were showing off it's shown on on switch right no pc okay it's yeah, coming I, to switch yeah it's coming to switch all right so on PC and on Switch, it's going to have two. They had it. Well, no, no. They had it in Switch at PAX. Maybe not on the show floor. Though. No, not on the show floor. Okay. So the big thing that's coming is two-player split-screen co-op. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you have a camp, and you try to make coids, and so you go left and right out of your camp, and it's like a straight line. And so you find things to make coids, I'm describing this very poorly. And then you pay coins into... What is this game, Anna? I don't know. It, it's so hard to describe. How is it supposed... To, what is there a genre? Um, it's supposed to work. Yeah, they called it a minimalist strategy game. Okay. And sort of the cycle is get gold, spend gold. Okay, so resource generation, then spending it. Uh, are you buying units or upgrades? So you're buying both. Okay. So you buy units like archers to defend your camp. And then you buy constructors to upgrade your camp. But outside of the camp, you can also find things like um, uh, like uh, people. And you can you pay them and they go become people in your camp. And you can upgrade buildings. You can upgrade like. buildings. There are like things you can find outside of the camp that are like... Um, like uh, you can rebuild a bridge. You can cut down a tree. Um, you can find like a ruin that can be rebuilt and that will give you like a either temporary or a permanent buff and then how often do the enemies come to attack you like how much time do you have um so they come at night so during the day you're out exploring and buying and then at night you're, you're hopefully defending. not losing your camp correct and then there's two-player co-op now yeah and so the idea is is um the bad guys always steal um, your resources so they steal your coins if they don't have any coins to steal they steal your crown and that's game over that's game over yeah cool i like the look of it yeah yeah it's it's really interesting um it's not really my kind of game which is maybe why i'm having trouble explaining it um but yeah it's just so minimalist it's like run around on your horse get coins spend coins and i don't know what else to tell you um, I think it's like, maybe one of those things that you have to watch a video of it. It was really cool like, to play with a second player because it's like, all right, all right, you go that way and I go this way and we will decide how to spend coins together. So and that, that was comes really out cool. On Switch, we could play it together. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. As long as it's not too expensive because I don't think we would play it that often. Maybe Extra Life. 
Yeah, yeah, that would be a good one, definitely. Um, and then I played um, Phantom Doctrine. Were you there when I played this? Oh, let's see. Phantom Doctrine. So this was the XCOM style Yes, game. I was. All right, so... I but think... I couldn't hear what he was saying. Okay. So, again, this is a game that it's not my genre... So I will hopefully do a really good job explaining this because the guy who demoed it to me was like in love with this game. Like it was clear that he was like... Well, he worked on it. I know. And in like there was like an immense amount of pride in like the thing that he had crafted. Mm -hmm. I, and I mean, you, you have had demoers that are like, here's my game. Mm -hmm. Whatevs. But it, it's always, like, awesome when you have someone that's, like, I am so, like, over the hills enthusiastic about my game. I love this game. So um, this is kind of, like, um, this is someone who is, like, so happy about the reemergence of, like, these XCOM-style games. And I know there's a real name for that genre. Jonathan, help me out here. Jonathan's not on the podcast. Crap. <laughs> Pascal, do you know the name? Uh, tactical turn-based strategy. Thank you. Know. And I if it isn't, I just made it up. Yeah, like, I don't want to call them war simulations because I know that's not right. Tactical espionage, maybe? No, that's Metal Gear. That's oh. Metal Gear. <laughs> Damn it. Metal Gear has that one locked down. Damn it. I just say turn-based strategy. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, just it's like... It's not turn-based strategy. But it's this not. Is, it's there's, an RPG, too. But, but so. I mean, it, it's like, there's a real... I feel like there's a real specific term for, like, this Western yeah. developed... Absolutely. XCOM games. Yes. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I, think, I think you just gotta run with that. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, like, there's this been this huge resurgence of these XCOM-style games. Um, and so, I guess this company made a game like this before... Uh, y you're going to have to tell oh. us. We can't confirm that one for you. Because you was haven't it, even told uh, us the company. <laughs> it wasn't Invisible, was it? Invisible Ink? That's... No, that's not the Invisible people. Oh, they made um, Hard West, which was the similar style. But in Yes, the that Wild sounds West. right. So this is fan... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Still they did. waiting for an Invisible Ink sequel. Rawr. Yeah, okay. that Sorry. sounds right. Anyway. So... That, yeah, that definitely sounds right. Yeah, Hard so, yeah. West is very much like this. Yeah. Ooh, I have that. I it was play that game. so the. I'm pretty sure. That, yeah, X uh, was my. Uh, yes. Hang on, him. Hard West was the very first story I ever wrote for RP Gamer. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Cool. All right. So um, the idea is, is you are agents. So this is kind of like an alternative. Yeah, it's a Cold War thing, right? Yeah. So this is an alternative Cold War past. So we are in the Cold War and. You're playing like American agents infiltrating yeah, but, a company working with the Soviets or something. Yeah. Right? So it's the Cold War and the U.S. is like losing hard. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is, is, but there's something other than the Soviet that's pulling the strings. Oh, okay. So like there, there is the Soviet Union and then there's the U.S. And then there is a mysterious power oh, and so they are winning. China? Mm, <laughs> no. 
some other power. The Illuminati. North Korea. We'll find out later. Yeah. You probably have to play the game to find out. Yeah, I, 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 I have a feeling just from the way that he was describing it that it may not be a country. It may be like Aliens. Illuminati-esque power. Oh. It, it's a, it's a non-country power. Uh-oh. The Lali Lule Lo. Yeah. Cthulhu. <laughs> the Patriots. The Rabbits. The Rabbits. <laughs> Totally. It's the it rabbits. all ties together. Oh no! There's some kind of there's a canon for all of this. This game is actually DLC for Mario Cross Rides. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've that you've got an XCOM interface. You've got Cold War settings. So you've got spies, including one. So you're infiltrating the map they showed. Is you infiltrating the a corporation? The Swedish embassy. Oh, the Swedish embassy. Yes, and you've Swedish already got embassy. an insider, and then yeah. you have two people that you get into the building, and then it's right. all about. You've so got... the idea is is every sort of mission is is an is a is a puzzle is an order of operations puzzle. So you have things that you need to do and you need to do them in the right order. So for example, um in one of the turns that he showed me, I had to disable the camera and then I had to shoot the guard from undercover. And then I had to dispose of the body. And the cool thing is, is the way that they do body disposal is very nifty. I thought it was very cool. Basically what they do is a body disposal is an action. But basically what they do is they have your character pick up the body and then it fades to black. And then the body's gone. Okay. It's very convenient. That's extremely convenient. It's super convenient. Uh-huh. Because, I mean, you and I have seen, like, um, uh, Dan on Giant Bomb play games where it's like, Hitman. I have to spend, like, yeah. 30 minutes figuring out where the hell I'm going to drag this body no, to chuck it out the just, window. No, in Hitman, you just throw it in a conveniently located Well, no, hamper. but there was, there was another game where he was, like, vacuuming up all the blood and stuff. And he oh, that to... game. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, we've seen them play all sorts of games that's where it's a like, weird game. I have to figure out what to do with this body, and that's super annoying. That, but that's the point of that particular game you're referring to, though. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, there are lots of games where it's disposing of the body super annoying. This yeah, is yeah. just like, no, yep, fade to black, done. done. So what I like is, so you set up, like, actions in a single turn, and you're like, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, you're going to do this. Yes. And you're in this order, and then I'm going to press go, and it's going to all happen at once. Yeah, so what you can do is um, you can do a rush. And so, like, for example, I got to a room where it was like I couldn't sneak in, I couldn't use my people that were outside of the building to assist me, I couldn't use my guy that was infiltrated to sort of you know, talk my way into things. So screw it. I'm just going to bum rush the room. So I set up everybody else. I set up each of my three people outside of a door. And then I set up the thing that they were going to do when they immediately entered the room. And then I was just like, do it. And yeah, they just all charged into the room and they all performed their actions at the same time. That was really really cool. cool. Because it kept enemies from being able to react. So... And you knew what was in the room because you have like these little superpowers. Yeah. I call them superpowers, but they're really <laughs> like people uh, that you're calling in like a dude across the street with a telescope to tell yeah. you what's so going on the in the room. So the idea is, is when you go into a mission, you have um, assets. So you have people that are in the mission 
that you are controlling from turn to turn and they are inside and they have a certain amount of movement area and they each have different abilities. So like, um, you know, you have one person that's good at shooting and one person that's good at sneaking and one guy maybe that you planted in there ahead of time so they don't set off the cameras. And then you actually have agents that you have set up outside of the area that they don't move, but they have special abilities. So like for this mission, I didn't actually have three agents. I had five. And so I had a fourth agent outside that all he did was look through his telescope. And so he could peek inside of rooms for me. Mm -hmm. And then I had a fifth agent. They need a sniper rifle. So providing that he had a correct line of sight to people, he could snipe them. The problem was, is if I used him to snipe people, the body stayed there. So I did have to use him very, very conservatively. And he couldn't shoot through walls and stuff. So, I mean, it was a finite amount of use that I really got out of him. This so, game sounds good. Yeah. And, I mean, here's the interesting thing. Maps are, are static. So, like, the library will always be in the same place every time. But the elements inside of a map are randomized. So things like the guards and their patrol patterns, the controls for disabling a security feature. Um, those may change and you must adapt to where their new locations are. So uh, be sure to save scum regularly. Um, oh yeah, so here's the other thing is um, <coughs> in every mission, there's only one person that has to survive and it changes from mission to mission. Um, if you, you know, completely screw things up and need to bail, that person needs to make it out alive. Nobody else does. So you can totally leave people behind and, uh, people go, who get left behind can can get caught and interrogated. They can reveal sensitive information. They can join the bad guys on the next mission. They can return home um, but later be revealed to be sleeper units and they can be active sleeper units. So they can be pissed that you left them behind and become an active double agent, or they can become an, um, an unknowing double agent and be activated and, you know, be like, um, um, brainwashed and be only activated as a double agent when like, you know, the secret word is spoken sort of idea. Um, and then in between missions, you go to a hideout where you manage your operations. It has various facilities. Um, you can recruit and train from your pool of agents. You can send people out onto the missions via world map. Um, these take time. So um, these are like um, optional missions and they um, are the way that you sort of suss out and trigger your major missions. So the idea is, as you're doing minor missions, minor missions, minor missions. Oh, wait, we triggered a major mission. Now we're going to go do that mission manually. Um, and as you're doing minor missions and major missions, you are going to start um, gathering intel. And intel goes onto your cork board. And as you look at the intel, you have to kind of read through it and look at it and try to piece together keywords or critical phrases and so the idea is is you have to sort of connect the dots between all of your pieces of intel and the idea is is you will have a start um, word so like the name of the secret organization and an end location like 
Paris. And you have to sort of connect the dots between all 11 or 12. I th the, the particular one that he was showing me was 11 pieces. So you'd have to go from the start to your starting piece of information to your ending location and connect all 11 pieces of intel together to know definitely this, this you know, intel to this location. So it was like a bomb is going to be in one of these three cities and we're going to gather the intel to figure out in which one of these three cities it's going to be. So all in all, I think he said there was going to be like 25 pieces of intel, um, but only 11 were going to lead you to the correct city. Does that make sense? What is it releasing on? Um, PC and consoles. When? Um, Q1 2018. And they were a little cagey about, about sort of the release information. So all they would tell me was consoles. They wouldn't even tell me which ones. That means they don't know. Yeah. So. Um, so that was that. And you know what? I think that was the last one that I took notes on. That was Pax. Pax! Oh, except for this, like, Sonic Mania guide that no one wants. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take that off your hands. Yeah, we gotta ship that out. Yep. I forgot to keep a box. I'll have to keep the next box we get. Well, th thank you. I do appreciate that. You're welcome. Oh my gosh. I'm looking through some of the games that are coming out this week for later and there are a lot of visual novels. All right. Anyway, let's uh let's move on. Anna, did you have games that you've been playing this past week? Uh yeah, but they're boring. They're just, boring? I've been playing Heroes of the Storm. I've been learning how to play Artanis cuz he's a cool tank. I thought you started playing Monster Hunter Stories. Uh no. I oh. I thought you started playing oh. a new Vita game too. Uh no. Not no? really. I finished Persona Q. That's Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Okay, cool. Uh, I have been playing Divinity Original Sin Enhanced Edition. Nobody cares at this point, but I've been having a lot of fun with that game and been playing it all week long. And it's all I want to play at night, so that's a good sign. How much cheating did you see? Huh? A lot How much of cheating. cheating. A lot of cheating. <laughs> like, my characters have pretty... Uh, uh, yeah, I... I uh, I gave myself unlimited ability points and trait points and talent points. So um, my level one characters had maxed out attributes at like fifteen on every attribute. My I have all the skills for all my four characters, um, so they can all do any of the of the the they have access to any of the schools of combat or magic and stuff like that. And they all have lo max lock picking and max sneaking and stuff, which is really nice in this game. Um, and then they all have all the talents I want them to have, like the things that make them immune to attacks of opportunity and stuff like that. So that's the cheating I did. Um, oh, and two other things I cheated on. I gave myself um, a bazillion lock picks, a bazillion trap disarm kits and a bazillion repair hammers and then a bunch of gold. And that is all the cheating I did, but that is quite enough cheating. So I still have to level my characters up by killing things, but killing things is a lot easier now. Um, and the goal of this was to get through the game quickly. And guess what? This game, 
is about both combat and um, just puzzles, right? So I've done a lot of work to make the combat side of the game easier, to be sure. There is a lot of puzzles and really poorly written puzzles in this game and very frustrating puzzles. In fact, at the first day I was playing this last week, I, I actually went back and read a rev the review on RP Gamer written by uh, uh, Glenn. And it's like, is this just me or are there a lot of parts of this game that just aren't well designed? And I read through his review entirely. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, yes. He lists literally every single thing I have a problem with this with this game. And then he totally calls the fact the writing's really good, and so it makes the fact that there are these other problems with the games not matter so much. And so I just said, all right, I'll buckle up. I'll bust out some guides for um, for the hard puzzles that make no damn sense about where... Like, here's one. There's a room. It's got, like, 26 switches in it. And you go around, and you keep hitting the switches, and they keep doing weird things to you, like send you back to the entrance of the dungeon and make you have to walk all the way down again. Um set your characters on fire um show you a chest that has some loot in it but who cares because it doesn't open the door that you're trying to get through anyway you start clicking enough of these switches and the impression you start to get having been a gamer for however many years is that okay i'm going about this wrong obviously these switches are not the way to solve this puzzle i should leave the dungeon and go talk to some people and try and figure out something else to get through this room that would be completely wrong. No, what the game wants you to do is literally click every single switch you can find, half of which are hidden and require high perception skills to find, and then the one switch you need is tucked into a corner next to another switch that's positioned such that once you click it, you think, okay, I've got all the switches in this area, I'll, lo I'll walk away now. No, you need to go a little bit further, and under a bush is another switch, which is the actual switch you have to press in order to open the door. And that's just a really good summary I found of how this, this game's puzzles are designed. So if you like that sort of puzzle, oh, you're going to love the puzzles in this game. Uh, I didn't. And so when I get to a puzzle that I'm like, oh, this is another one of these. I have to find a little switch that's on a wall and I can't figure out what wall it's on, even though I've rocked around this room 10 times already. I'm going to go to a guide and it's going to save me a lot of frustration. And that is that's working out really well. And then I spend the rest of the time navigating conversation puzzles, which I like. I'm always for conversation puzzles and, and charming and stuff like that. And and yeah, and I'm actually having fun with the game. I like the writing. There's a lot of really funny stuff that happens. And I'm nearly done. I'm at least three-fourths, if not closer, to the end of the game. And uh, it's appropriate timing because Divinity Original Sin 2 comes out this week. It's like, this is why I'm doing this. Um, and that game, I, I would plan... That game I need to research. Now that I've played Divinity Original Sin and see how this goes, um, my original plan was I'm going to rush through Divinity Original Sin and then I'm going to sit down and play Divinity Original Sin 2 legitimately and have a good old time, right? Well, now that I've played enough of Divinity Original Sin, I need to know if Divinity Original Sin 2 is similarly constructed to the first game because if it's more BS puzzles and extremely hard combat if you're not cheating... Um, Maybe I'll just pass on that game for a while, because then, as as nice as the as the writing is, I don't know that I want to cheat through two games in a row um, versus other things I could be doing. I got to think about it. So, I will be looking forward to some reviews of that game, which should be posted by now. Prop, I don't know if we have one, but uh, they're out there. I need to read them. Yeah.
Uh, I don't think they're on the X. I don't think they actually gave access until it was released fully. Oh, okay. So, so is it out uh, in a couple? Of th- well, we'll talk about that. It's out now. Oh, it's out now. So it's out on Thursday, I think. So it's gonna take. It's a long. If if it's like the first one, it's a very long game. So that wouldn't surprise me that it'll take a while to get a review. Um, it does well on my PC. It does. Okay. Yeah. Are you gonna review it? No, it doesn't run well enough on my PC. Oh, okay. <laughs> it tried to set the default to 640 by 480 resolution. Oh. Okay. Maybe it thinks should... that highly of my um, specs. Maybe you should wait for a console port. Or pass on this one. Wow. That's funny. Oh. There are a lot of Divinity games. Did you know that? There are a lot of them. It's just a lot of them. And, yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah, Woo! I played the strategy one. Uh, yeah, I want to play that one. That one looks cool. Yeah, that, That's like the first game in the series. Uh, Timeline-wise, time rather. But well, yeah, right. it doesn't matter. Okay, anyway. So, Divinity, Original Sin. We'll talk a little bit more about release date later. I don't know if there's any news on it. Um see that's all i've been doing so alex what have you been playing i finished the final fantasy 14 story on sunday yay how'd you yeah, like it? so i did yeah it's a good ending it's traditional final fantasy 14 lots of plotty stuff so and then uh, i do that, agree that the post credit scenes and stuff like that oh yeah the credits mm-hmm. so you can skip the credits yes but yeah, I enjoyed it. I like all the how the fights are a bit seem to be a bit more mechanical than the previous ones. So it's less about having all the gear, more about sort of focusing on the fight. Yes, and it makes it easier. What it makes it more likely for you to actually experience the fight somewhat to how it's supposed to be experienced when you're running through it with a bunch of end game equipped people from the party finder. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, fortunately I did the dungeon with FC people and then most of the FC people for the final boss. So oh, good, fun. good. Yeah, I sort of agree that the I find the Heaven's Ward actual overall story more interesting just because it had the Dragon Dragon Song War. Yeah, I, that that's how I feel about it. Yeah. Yeah, there's just a bit more intrigue to it rather than Stormbell, which is sort of basic, straight out. Liberation mission. <laughs> there's this. There's not as many twists and turns. <laughs> no, there there really isn't, and so I'm interested to know if they kind of make up for that in the post in the yeah. patch stories. You know, well, I assume it worked because it's basically set up so the story could go in absolutely any direction at the moment. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> there are many things that can go horribly wrong for everyone. Yep. <laughs> you got it. Uh, and so from that, I also finished the second Power Scientific Escape game. So you escaped, I think. I assume. Yep. Uh, did I escape? Yes, there was some escaping in that one. Good for you. Although it came more towards the end. I think that was that had a more interesting storyline than the first one, but the puzzles didn't seem as good. So, but still decent for the budget price that it is. 
yeah, aside from that, I'm also still working through. Oh God, the name. So where? Yeah, nope. Udawari Ramono. That's the one. Underwater, Underwater Ray Ramono. Yeah, that's the one. I was really looking forward to hearing how that's pronounced. Atlas did provide a guide to actually pronouncing it at some point. I like yeah. Underwater Ray Ramono. Yeah. Apparently, that's enough. like it's been that's been its uh, the joke way of calling it for years, like since that series originally came out. So I'm glad we can kind of bring that back a little. Hey. It's the first time I heard it, so it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still working through that and still enjoying it. It's pretty much the same as last week. Mostly visual novel with some strategy RPG stuff thrown in. But it's good visual novel, so I'm happy with that. And finally, I've just been mucking around on the FIFA 18 demo, because that came out this week. And I decided that's basically going to be the one sports game I buy this year. This year so... The one Please. game? What? Yeah. Haven't you already bought like two or three team management well, games? By this year, so the year, year starts in September. <laughs> oh, okay. And then it's, ends it's at the end of the year? So you can buy your no, team it's, managers ends in like next July. Year. Okay. <laughs> right. Sports do weird seasons. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I actually didn't. Which I got so distracted with your comment, I totally forgot which game you were talking about. Uh, FIFA. Oh, FIFA. Okay. So no football for you yeah. this time. No, they didn't do any changes to the franchise both Madden, which is basically what I play, so there's no real point. And it's been like four years since I played the FIFA game, so... Well, FIFA is football. Yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Fairly quiet week. Uh, that leaves uh, oh lots of people. So Pascal, what have you been doing? I was enjoying the moment of silence. Oh, sorry, I was just dealing with uh, something in the Twitch chat or trying. To. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah, I uh, I kind of um. Uh, redacted my list a little bit too for for sake of brevity. So uh, I did play a couple of RPGs. Um, I thought so. I at first I played um Undertale. And I don't oh, know, yeah? Kelly, you said you were going to play that too. Yeah, um, I ended up finishing it with a week, within a week and getting the true ending and leaving it at the true ending. Oh, okay. So you can, <clears throat> you can uh, jump in on, on, on my commentary for it because mm-hmm. I, was, I was really excited to play it and I didn't love it as much as I thought I would. Hmm. How much did you know about it going on? Um, I well, I don't, I don't think all that much, really. To be honest, I knew that there were uh, multiple endings and different styles uh, of play. Mm, no, that's about it. And yeah. I really only so you can play the game um, normal, I guess. What I would call, uh, call normal, which is the way you do in RPGs, you you kill to grind levels and earn experience and then face the boss, I guess, at the end, where you can do completely pacifist and kill nothing at all. Um, and I think that includes the boss at the end also, or you can kill everything, including the townspeople and villagers and 
um, yeah, and everything. So as far as I can tell, the, um, the game, the story gets really interesting if you play it one of the, the two more unusual ways. And I guess that's what you're talking about when you, yeah, yeah, I you have to beat the game once just normally, and then the second time around, you can do either the genocide route or the pacifist route to kind of get more story. I mean, that's pr- pretty much how the true story kind of unravels. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that. I mean, I feel like the story was mm, only okay uh, the first time you play it. Um, I was able because you to... haven't seen all the story yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, but I mean, it it feels it's, like no, you don't, don't have know, to I... replay as much as you think. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> it's kind of cyclic. It's, how do you say that? Cyclical, you don't have to start a new a save, for example. Like it should tell you at the end of the first playthrough, like who you need to talk to to get like the true ending. And mm-hmm. um, and then that should be all you need to do. Just load from your most recent save and go do that and then finish the game again. I don't know. Okay, so that's lost on me somehow. And that well, just kind of frustrates like really me quick even guides more. about who you need to talk to. It's, like, it's really not that hard. But yeah. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was an okay game. Just, I just don't feel it the way that some people do. And and that's fine. It doesn't click with what everybody. What did you play it on? Uh, PS4. How does it handle the parts where the game is supposed to shut down? Um, it just resets. It okay. did not crash to the de- desktop okay. like it does on the PC. Okay. Which I was kind of disappointed about. I really enjoyed that fourth wall break. Yeah. Oh, so it completely kicks you out on the PC. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, um, my husband, back to the menu. My husband, when he played it, like, skyped me angrily when that happened to him. And I said, no, start the game up Most again. Most people who get there think they have a virus on their machine. Yeah. <laughs> and that's... I, My initial... Um, when I wrote the review, uh, the word trolling came up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went back and... And I don't think it, it ended up in the final version, but that's kind of that's kind of what I mean. Like I, it, it plays with you so much, almost to the point where sometimes I feel like I was being trolled. You you are, but by yeah. a character in the game. And yeah, and and I just didn't really like it. Okay. Well, at the end you are sure, but I mean throughout too. Hmm. Like um, like my takeaway is. Okay, so here's this boss that you're mentally preparing for for quite a while. Like in the narrative, you know, it com- becomes clear that you're going to face this boss next. And then when you get to it, depending on what you've done, you may not have to fight the boss at all, which, you know, it's kind of neat. But at the uh, at the same time, it's it, it kind of plays into that that trolling mindset. Did anybody do the um, the dog shrine? Yes, yep. I did the dog shrine. Sure did. All the way to completion. Yep. <laughs> and... And that was the yep. ultimate trolling. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when they said, you have a feeling you're going to be here a while. Um, I, yeah. Well, the one that, the part that about that that I thought was the, the biggest troll was when it says, now you can fit more coins in at any given time. Oh, wait. No, you can't. Still just one by one. 
I thought the biggest troll was so the that's a new box. addition to this to this. Version. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. That was my experience with that. I, it was still good, uh, but I'll just leave the the love to other people. And and part of the fun of playing through the game multiple times is kind of seeing what you can do different. Like, um, you know, at the beginning when Flowey throws the pellets at you and you fall into his trap and hit them, the next time around, if you dodge them, he has a completely different reaction. And knowing what you know, the reaction is hilarious. And the entire game the second time through is kind of like that, playing on what you did the first time around. I can probably count on one hand the, the number of games I've actually replayed. And this one sounds like it has more reason than others, but mm -hmm. at the same time, I, I was just kind of done with it, I think. No, I mean, that's understandable. Yeah. At least the nice thing All about I'll it say... is that... Oh, okay, yeah. No, it, the nice thing about it is it's an, an incredibly short game. Yeah, and mm. you are missing a giant chunk of story until you do that second playthrough or that second round. Um, I looked it up. Oh, okay. Well, never mind then. <laughs> I filled in the gaps. The uh, I, I cheated. All right. Wait, I can't, I can't maybe, criticize you for that. <laughs> maybe you could say I trolled the game. You trolled the game? Yeah. I trolled it back. So... Then um, and then I also just finished um, Songbringer yesterday. How is that? That is good-ish. Mm, good-ish. Good it's, it's got some okay. issues, so it's um, it's definitely very um, inspired by the original Legend of Zelda. Mm -hmm. um it's it's got the same overworld layout which i don't know what the exact number of tiles is but the overworld is something like i don't uh like 10 by 24 uh a 10 by 24 rectangle of tiles or something along those lines anyway okay and it is uh randomly generated based on uh, a world seed that you type in at the beginning of the game which affects the uh, the layout of the overworld um, the dungeons, the bosses, and the items that, that you get or what order that you get them in, maybe. Um, and then it's, it's, got, you know, it's got a very uh, retro look to it. But um, or what, what game was it again? Anna was talking about King, Kingdom Two Crowns, maybe? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, and when you were playing the trailer for that, I really like the look of that. It's, it's got just the right amount of um, pixel, like retro pixel vibe. Uh, Songbringer is maybe a little too pixely for my taste um, because it has so much stuff going on on screen uh, most of the time. Like, for example, the overworld uh, usually has uh, rain just pelting down and um, all kinds of uh, uh, just just particles everywhere. And then when you combine that with the how pixelated the, the graphics are, it, it can be a little hectic to, to see what's really going on. Um, but so it plays... Uh, you know, very, very Zelda-like in every other aspect. You have to find uh, the dungeons in the overworld, and you may not find them in the correct order, because there, I guess there is a a suggested order, if nothing else, uh, to, to go into each of the nine dungeons, because each dungeon has an item that's going to help you progress. Are you able to figure um, out what that suggested order is? Well, the it, when, once you find an, a dungeon on the map and enter it, 
Um, and from then on, it is actually numbered on the map as, you know, Dungeon 1 will have a 1 on that space oh, or Dungeon... Okay. Yeah. Um, but you won't know that until, uh, from what I can tell, until you've been in the dungeon at least once. I mean, you can just go in and go right back out if you want to. Sure. Um, so in my particular playthrough, it, it actually resulted in me not finding uh, Dungeons 1 and 2 until I found all of the other ones. And of course, what, you know, what you're going to do when you find a, a cave or an entrance to a dungeon, you're going to go in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, and you can, uh, with just your starting gear, you can actually um, play most of every dungeon up to a certain point. There might be a, uh, there might be a point somewhere uh, later in, in each dungeon where you can't progress unless you have a specific item. Um, which you were supposed to have at that point if you had played them in order. But of course I didn't. So I ended up, the first dungeon I finished was Dungeon 3. And then I went into everything, uh, 7, 8, 5, 6, and played most of them almost to the boss before I ever found Dungeons 1 and 2. Those, so 1 and 2 were the very last ones I ever played. Um, and then that resulted in me having to go back into each of the other ones to finish it. So, But I mean, that's just part of the... The fact that the world is, you know, randomly generated, and that's just the way it can be, and that's fine. Um, combat is, is is really frantic. I mean, you you get your uh, your first sword, just like in Zelda, uh, on the starting screen. There's a cave that you go in, and inside that cave, you can get your sword. I mean, so right from the beginning, it feels like, wow, this is Zelda from 2017. Um, but combat is a lot more frantic. So in in, in dungeons, especially, you might have rooms just stuffed full of enemies like to the point where there's no you can't even see the floor like every the entire room is covered from wall to wall with enemies um and it's it it can even it can almost feel like a shooter at that point Mm -hmm. um so and i I don't remember zelda ever being uh, that hectic so it it kind of ups the ante in that way all right, so I have a question. Do I have to burn down yeah. bushes to find secret caves where I'm going to go in you, and they charge me rupees for burning down the bush? No, no, not particularly that exact scenario, but parts of that happen. Okay. Um, there are a couple of secret uh, like caves of staircases hidden underneath some bushes. Um, and yes, you can you can set them on fire, but they don't burn down. They just uh, they they blaze and then they return to being a bush. Are there obscure okay. puzzles where you have to give a monster meat? <laughs> oh, um, no. In fact, there's. I only found uh, two side quests that uh, where you find an NPC in the world that says, give me this item. Um, and they're pretty straightforward. They tell you where to go to find the item. Um, but there were only two of them that I found. And, and I was thorough. Like, I uncovered all of the map. So... I, I'm not at that point. I'm not sure what the uh, like. Why have side quests at all if there's only two of them? Um, there's a That's let's a see. You, you can definitely <laughs> you can definitely find. I was waiting for an answer. Actually, I don't have an <laughs> answer. That's a isn't the game randomly? Isn't the game randomly generated? Yeah. Yeah. So at the beginning, you have to type in um whatever world seed you want. It's it can just be a. a a string of random letters and it generates based on that. So the, Maybe. the world, the world seat I used was, um, KMFDM. <laughs> so the world I played, which, which was a little confusing, but that's what it was based on. Um, I lost my train of thought, but, 
I'm sure I'll, I'll remember it. So there are uh, lots of um, hidden uh, passages, especially in dungeons, um, invisible uh, pathways, or sometimes you can bomb a wall open. You know, it's a very reminiscent of Zelda in that way. Um, the one, I guess my biggest criticism of the game, what, what kept it from being just, you know, as enjoyable as it would have been otherwise, because I was, I was really on board with the, um, the, the, this, oh, this is basically Zelda, you know? Um, but there is, uh, it it was often hard to know, uh, what it expected you to do. It's pretty straightforward when all you're doing is looking for, uh, where's the dungeon so I can go in and beat it. But, um, there's a, a crafting element in the game. Uh, at some point, uh, because so it is a it's a science fiction game, and at some point you can actually go from the planet that you're on back to your spaceship, and on the spaceship you can craft, um, which combines certain items. So you can give your sword like a um, an ele- elemental property, for example. You can make it an ice sword, I guess, or other things. If you depending on if you found the right items, but it does not actually explain uh, where to do that or how to do it, and it is required to access um, the boss in at least one dungeon. So um, I, uh, I got through most of the game just by doing what, what feels natural. And then I got to the point where I got stuck. There were two dungeons. There was one dungeon I could not get into, um, and this was because I was, I was missing an item, and one I couldn't finish. I couldn't reach the boss, no matter what I tried. There was, there was a, like, a, like a plant or something in the way, and there was nothing I did. Uh, to get around it, um, and it turned out it was because I hadn't crafted the right item, but there was there was just no explanation to do that, and it was so it was little things like that that um, that were just kind of missing from the game. I think, um, I, you know, I'm not I'm not suggesting hand holding necessarily, but in this case, just a tutorial for like a, a required skill like that would have gone a long way. I think to take away some of the frustration. Um, yeah. Other than that, it was enjoyable. There was, um, there was some good challenge at the end of the game. The final, uh, the final few bosses were decently challenging. Mm. Oh, I don't know what else to say. Yeah. I'm just sitting here watching a video of it, of it being played and like, the the story didn't blow me away, but Mm -hmm. I don't feel like it needed to. I wasn't expecting it to. Again, Zelda, you know. Mm-hmm. I would have been. Um, I would have been content without that. It was. It was okay, and at some points, even even good. But uh, a, a few things just kept it from from being a solid experience all the way to the end. So I don't know. I'm going to work on my review this weekend. I definitely say you know it's worth a try if if that old school Zelda experience is something you're you're looking for. Isn't the main character in it a rock star? No. Oh. I don't, I don't think that comes into it. I think um, his name is no, Rock. His name is Rock, oh. and he's he's a guy from a he's he's a part of the crew from Songbringer, which is the spaceship that um, I... that's kind of hovering over the planet that you end up crashing on. I see. The, yeah, there's there's a little bit more to it as far as like a plot um, for like a, what's happening with the planet. Like there was a great war sometime in the past. And as you 
run into a couple of NPCs, you uncover more behind like, well, what's who, you know, who fought in this war and what was the war between? Like it kind of decimated the, um, the planet that you're on, but I don't know, the plot kind of takes a little bit of a backseat. Uh, there's, there's an, there's a, an ally that you find at some point and, um, she comes with you and, you know, uh, an AI controlled character that just, uh, fights by your side, but she's constantly telling you that, uh, as once, once you have her and free her from her, she's like held in a, like a stasis tube or something. Uh, so once you free her, she's, she's always telling you, she, you need to take her to the tower. That's where she wants to go. There's something at the tower you have to do. And it's kind of implied, okay, this is going to be probably the final area, but there's no way to know where that is. Where is the tower? I, <laughs> I have no, I spent my, my entire time once I had her, you know, wondering where is it? So, um, turns out it's the final dungeon, which makes sense. But uh, to get there, like I said, you have to get through all the other dungeons. So if you take her into any other dungeon, she will start uh, cursing and complaining about being there. It, you know, it makes you feel like you're not following the right path by taking uh, her mm-hmm. anywhere else. But in, in reality, that is what, what you end up having to do. So since it's it's so uh, randomly generated, I wonder how much of my complaints would have been maybe um, alleviated if I had had a, a different layout. Some of them probably. Mm-hmm. You never know. Yeah. Yep. That's Undertale. So those no, are the two that's RPGs. Songbringer. So yeah. Oh, well, and and that's Undertale in a nutshell. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Songbringer. All righty. Well, let's see. Who's next? Uh, we talked about. Yep. Yep. Oh, Kelly, you played a lot. Yes. You even, you even got into some of that Nintendo Direct stuff. Yes. Um, what do you want me to talk about first? I don't care. Did you finish Sonic yet? I finished Sonic ages ago. Oh, okay. Did you finish <laughs> yeah. Ease 8 yet? No, I just got that this week. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not very far into it. I'm kind of dipped my toe in, you know, got the tutorial open like that. Um you know how we always joke that these games are all nothing but uh, Adol washing up on a shore? Yeah. Well, this time around, he washes up on a shore after a shipwreck, and you pretty much have to build a civilization. Oh. Oh, it's got town building? Yeah, it's got town Ooh, building. Ooh, Anna. Anna. Ease 8 has town building. I know. Okay, she knows. I think all it really is is just um, you have to find survivors of the shipwreck and invite them to your town, and they kind of like set up shops and stuff. Um, I have not gotten very far in it at all. It's been it's been kind of weird playing Yeez on a console because the Yeez series has been portable, mostly portable only for quite some time now. Well, it's the last bunch of ones that I have played, uh, Yeez 7 and Yeez 4 and all of that. So the game feels a little bit slower than what I'm used to being on a console system, but I'm okay with that. The environments are absolutely gorgeous on the PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they got a different composer for this one or not. The music isn't as peppy as... It has been. It's Falcom Sound Team, so they've got a bunch of composers that do all the stuff. Okay. 
I mean, you, usually there's like a really rocking soundtrack and it's been a little bit more subdued this time around. But like I said, I'm not very far into that game right now, so it might pep up a little bit. But I'm I'm enjoying what I'm playing so far. The controls are just spot on and having a lot of fun just going around and whacking stuff and doing flash guards and flash dodges and... Um, yeah, watching your gameplay footage in the stream, that guy that's building the giant anchor, he's fun. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So do you get to switch between characters? Like a Tales <laughs> yeah, game or do. whatever? Yeah, you um, do. Yeah, because different characters have slashing skills and piercing skills and bashing skills, and you have to switch based on what the monster's weak against. So that guy wielding the anchor, he's a basher. So if you're going up against something with a hard shell or something, you're going to want to use him to smack things around and hit their weakness. And the orange-haired girl in that video has piercing skills, so she's more good for um, flying enemies and stuff like that. The game has, has a lot of fast-paced action. I really enjoy it. I'm definitely going to give it more of a look. Um, I also played a little bit of that Octopath Traveler demo. I didn't get very far in it because I got distracted with something else. Um, did you guys watch the trailer for Octopath Traveler at all? Yes. Yes, we did. Um, at first, I thought that that art style was going to be very jarring. Are you referring but, to Square Enix's custom HD 2D? Yeah. It seemed very... <laughs> I don't know how to put it. It, it, it seemed very Flash game. Oh. Yeah. But that was the videos. When you actually play it, it kind of gives me a vibe of early PlayStation games in a way. Kind of the oh, 2D so sprites. Oh. Well... Yes and no. Kind of the charm of, say, 2D sprites on 3D rendered backgrounds, oh, okay. a la Saga Xeno Frontier, Xenogears, yeah. stuff like that. So it's one of those things that I don't think, I think the problem is that it just doesn't video or photograph well. Because when you actually go in and play it, it's not that bad. Okay. And... It's looking like it's going to be a fun game. The monsters I fought so far in it are really hard because you're, the idea is that you're supposed to hit them with a weak point and then power up and wail on them. And the way that I think like every turn you generate like a power point and you can use these power points to do like two or three times damage so that the idea is that, well, you can either stockpile a bunch of them and then just use them all at once or try to use one every turn. And like yeah. 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 So, some joke like that. Oh, <laughs> but the turn-based battles and stuff like that seemed really fun. They actually gave me kind of a grandia feel in a way, because when you hit a, you see the, bar at the top that shows who has what actions coming up next and oh, yeah. when you okay when you hit a weak point you can stun lock someone 
So the idea is that you can just uh, you can either continually keep someone in a stug lock and chip away with them, chip away at them, or maybe break the stun lock and do one of those power moves to kind of hit all of them at once. But then the other person that's fighting you is going to get a turn on. It was really strategic and kind of fun that way. And handheld. Um. Yeah, it's on Switch. So technically, yes. Do you get the feeling with the graphic style that maybe this was originally intended for 3DS? I have a s- sneaking feeling. Yeah. And the other neat thing about this game, now, granted, I didn't get very far, is that the two characters that you play as have different action skills in the field. So the, I played as the warrior guy. And what he can do is he can challenge anybody to a duel. So at the beginning of the demo, you're teaching a bunch of you're teaching a couple of town kids how to fight. So you have to challenge them to a duel. And of course, you because you're a warrior and you're a trained soldier, you just wipe the floor with these kids. Mm -hmm. But later on, I believe you have to use that duel, the ability to duel people to. you know, like take on soldiers in your way and stuff. And I'm wa- watching your gameplay video in the stream. Um, the chick that you see that's, she's also in the demo. I didn't get the chance to play as her yet, but she can uh, seduce people. And it's kind of neat being, I think it's going to be really neat to see what the other characters get and how you can kind of get through the town using your field ability to kind of get out of various situations or approach things in a different way. This looks yeah. pretty neat. Yeah, it does look yeah, neat. It, yeah. Maybe maybe we'll get a 3DS version one day. Um you probably should get a Switch. <laughs> Just saying. Well, in the meantime, I can always hope. Yeah. All right. I mean, I I'm going to try and finish the demo with both characters and supposedly the demo has a survey with feedback. Um, with stuff that you think that the game could need, it could definitely use a dash button. That's for sure. Um, When's this thing coming out? Did they say? I don't think they said. Okay. Next year. Next year. Next year. And it's called Octopath because there's going to be eight people to play as? Mm-hmm. Okay. I wonder if they're going to keep that name, though, or if that's just. That name is awful. But, yeah. Um, whatever. At least it stands out. I keep wanting to call the game Octopede Sailor for some reason. <laughs> okay. I don't know why. Um, and the last game I played to any well, I I let's let's back that up a little bit. I played a little bit of Samus Returns, but that just came in yesterday. All I can say about that is that I forgot how to Metroid. Oh no! Is this Metroid <laughs> even like the other Metroids? It's um, it is yes and no because it's very it's very Super Metroid in its execution, but they've added a lot of different things to it. Like you get a counter, a melee counter, but the game yeah. is kind of built around that melee counter now. So if you try to take things on head on, then you're likely going to get attacked. If you hang back and wait for something to attack you and you do the melee counter, you can one shot things. Ah, okay. 
And that's kind of messing me up because when I play Metroid, I'm used to just going and guns blazing. See, I, I so is it that you forgot how to Metroid? They or just... how Metroid works. <laughs> exactly. Well, no, I, Metroid I, I forgot for... how to Metroid. I forgot how to Metroid a lot Kelly, because I went. Kelly, does she know yeah. how to crawl? <laughs> I was thinking that. No, I knew that. But every t- before she I got learns the how ball, to crawl in this game, that would be amazing. Before I got the morph ball, every time I kept thinking that. But no, I did partially forget how to Metroid because I went to my husband yesterday and I said, "Okay, when you when you charge up a shot and do the spin move, could you always damage enemies doing that?" And he was like, "Yes." I was like, "Okay, I had no idea you can do that." My my impressions of what you can and can't do in Metroid are completely ruined by uh, games done quick. Because I watch mm. how they play, and then like I try to play, and I'm like, wait, all the stuff they do, I can't even. What? No, I can't do these things where they glow and go across like 14 screens, and like no. Oh, and um, one more thing before I move on. One thing I'm really liking about this game is the map scan ability. I don't know How's if you guys work? saw no, that. No, I didn't see that. How does that work? You. You get an ability early on where you can press the A button and it'll scan the map like within, I want to say, like a 20 square radius on your map. And that's how you can kind of find secrets. 20 squares seems like kind of a lot. It it might be 10 squares. I'm not 100% sure. I know that it's... Also, I mean, how are they secrets if they're just going to tell you where everything is? I mean, you still gotta get to them. Right. You see that so- you see that something is there on the map, but whether or not you ha- are gonna have the ability to get to it yet is gonna depend on how far you've progressed in the game. I feel like I need that in that Songbringer game. Yeah. You're waiting for so, me to say something. Yeah, I was, but <laughs> all right. Anyway. <laughs> So I'm I'm going to be continuing on with Metroid just because I know that it's not going to be a very long game. And I, aside from me kind of being frustrated with the platforming, I'm really enjoying it. But that's a me problem, not necessarily a problem with the game. But I am enjoying this game so much. And I've got my two Metroid Amiibos on the way. And... I really want this game to do well because apparently the future of 2D Metroid kind of depends on its success. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. But the big game that I've played this week is Monster Hunter Stories. Ooh, you've probably played more of it than me. Yeah, I said this on Twitter and that's that this game is vying for my portable game of the year. Oh. I mean, either... Pokemon Ultra Sun or Etrian Odyssey 5 are really going to have to blow me away because I cannot put Monster Hunter stories down. I I am in love with this game. Um, Are you maybe are you a Monster Hunter fan? Yes and no. I like the series, but I'm not very good at it. And I didn't finish Monster Hunter 4 because I was getting kind of too frustrated with some of the mechanics and some of the quests, particularly the egg quests. So I'm curious if you feel like this is the Monster Hunter game for non-Monster Hunter players, you know? Yes, it it really is. 
it has a lot of the same trappings of the Monster Hunter series, like um, collecting stuff and using that stuff to build gear and going on quests and stuff like that. And it has the trappings of the exploration, but without the hard Dark Souls as combat. Um, one of my favorite, well, the first favorite thing that I love about this is that it started right off from where the demo left off. Yeah, I mean, that that would be the idea of importing your save, right? So. Well, no, I mean, it wasn't just like a save import. It was like, you finish the demo, the demo ends on a cliffhanger. Um, you make a save file, demo over, you buy the game. And the game continues literally right at that point where the cliffhanger left off. Left off, you fight the boss, and then that's where you start your journey. Oh, good. And demos need to do that. I don't like. I don't like that when demos just kind of like, okay, well, you played the demo, now play the exact same thing you did all over again, and you get an item. It's like, no. If you're gonna have a demo, let me start off exactly where I left off, off t to the point where it was like literally a cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. I thought that that was brilliant. And after you kind of do that cliffhanger and the, the start of your journey, you, there's a cutscene that where you basically go off on your journey to go be the very best monster rider like no one ever was. That cutscene was so charming that it just had me smiling the whole time. And I really love your character, and I love Naviru. I I just want to hug him. I feel like Naviru is just my best friend in the whole world. <laughs> he is so That's cute. That's your cat companion for those who mm -hmm. don't have the game. Um, I like that you're kind of encouraged to try out all kinds of different monsters, not just stick with one. And. Um, different monsters have different field abilities like some of them can find items for you some of them can swim um some of them have dashing abilities so that you can move quicker on the map um because i pre-ordered it on amazon i got a download code with a bunch of exclusive eggs but these are supposed monsters that are so rare that I'm not able to use them at <laughs> use them yet, but it looks like one of them can fly. Ooh, nice! Which That'll completely, ex yeah, which explains why I can't use any of them yet. Yeah, that would change uh, the early areas exploration. That's for sure. yeah, just just a little bit. Like I just got a spider character, or a spider monster in my party. I don't know the actual name of them but it just looks like a giant spider and that can crawl up vines and it's it's really uh, creepy looking mm -hmm. but yep. i really like him <laughs> good yeah i'm not um, I, i'm not monster hunter guy and not gonna lie i'm pretty interested in this one. Oh, and finding the eggs is awesome because you, you see monster dens on the map and they're randomly generated and if you see a gold or a silver den, then that means that that den's going to have higher quality monsters. And the kind of fun little gadget mechanic of getting into the egg nest and 
picking them out and having navigators say, oh, this egg doesn't smell like anything. It's not going to be very good versus, wow, this egg is really smelly and the egg is really heavy. That's how you know that you're going to get a really good monster. What's the difference between weight and smell? Do you know? Um, Weight, I think, has to do with stats and smell has to do with the genes. Oh, okay. And that's the other aspect of it. Different monsters kind of randomly have different abilities. And later on, you get the ability to fuse monsters together where that you can have the one that you want and then one that you can sacrifice, but it has genes that you can do. And the genes are your abilities so that you can increase its attack or give an ice monster fire abilities and stuff like that. And that's what the smell kind of ties into, that usually a typically smelly egg is going to have more gene slots. Cool. And the other neat thing about it is that the gene slots are on a nine or three by three grid, and you can stack bonuses based off of uh, whether or not the genes are lined up. And they call that um, a bingo, because it looks kind of like a bingo chart. So there's a whole lot of customization to the monsters, too. Now, how do you um, like the rock, paper, scissors combat system? Um, I get annoyed with it a little bit when I'm watching TV and not paying that much attention. And then I see that I have to mash the A button. Yep. I don't know if you've run into any no, fights I like have. that. Yeah. yeah, in the demo, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And then later on, there's also ones where two monsters are kind of breathing fire at each other and you have to rotate the circle pad to beat yep. that. <laughs> and, and I'm afraid like, I'm going to break my circle then pad. Then there's flying ones where you have to do LR, 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 LR. Oh, I, have, I haven't gotten to that yet. Oh, that was... Oh, I did that during the demo at some point. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, but the rock, paper, scissors combat is just kind of doing predictive. It's just sometimes I don't always predict correctly. Sure. Like I... I see that a big, big bulky monster, I, I think that it's going to use power attacks. And then when it busts out of speed, when I'm like, oh, I didn't expect that at all. But Naviru also kind of tells you what to expect, too. So you kind of got to pay attention. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And I also love exploring around the map. And nothing makes me happier than finding the little piggies. Yep, the poogies. The poogies, they are so adorable, and I mm -hmm. want to And they all have different all outfits. Yeah. So I, I highly recommend this game if you've ever been curious about Monster Hunter and the story, but kind of been intimidated by the action titles. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got to get into this. You should. Yeah, the game's sitting in front of me, so I don't have an excuse. I just want my Rathalos back. Anyway, all right, uh, Kelly, is that all you played? I think we're done, right? More or less, unless you want to want me to talk about WoW. <laughs> nah, is seven three good? Yeah, I'm been running around on Argus. I maxed out all three of the artifact power on all three of my. Artifact weapons, so 
AP is now truly useless to me. <laughs> Fair enough. Cool. All righty. Well, let's get into the news then, all right? News time. All right. First up, Ease 8. Out now on PS4 Vita, you can tell, because Kelly was playing it. It's been delayed yep. on PC. What the heck? How dare they? It's been pushed back to allow for further improvements to the gameplay quality, and they haven't released a new date. So some issue with that port, apparently. And speaking of ports, Okami HD is getting another port. <laughs> Okami HD is coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PC for fifteen ninety nine pounds twenty euros twenty dollars. Uh, it's still yeah, it, obviously it still looks like it was. It's gonna uh, be updated to four K graphics on Xbox One X and PS4 Pro, and supported PC hardware. Um, you can choose between the four to three ratio or a widescreen ratio, and yeah. There you go. So that's coming out December 12th. Get your Okami on again. I might have to play that again. Um, I enjoyed that game. Yeah, a lot of people did. Let's see. Indie developer Green Tree Games, uh, they're putting out a new tactical leadership RPG. Is that, our, is that XCOM or is that something else? Let's see if I can get some footage. No, it's not XCOM. Okay, I was hoping that would be our new description. It's a no, it's tactical RPG with like loads of decisions and stuff in it. With what decisions? Just lots of like leadership style decisions, like oh. <laughs> so your fourteenth regiment has died from dysentery, sort of game. Um, based on actual World War II events, the game follows the campaign of the Cotton Balers, a famed 7th in Infantry Regiment that has distinguished itself by serving in more campaigns than any other U.S. infantry unit. Okay, blah, 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 blah. So you can... Uh... Oh, Chris Avalon was writing on this, and it's supposed to be historically faithful, and so you go watch the trailer on the site now. Oh, wait, when's it coming out? Do we say? 2018, like everything else at this point. Um, Avernum was announced, Avernum 3, excuse me, uh, from Spiderweb Software, and, yep, and is this, that's uh, all I know, Avernum 3 is announced, PC and Mac, early 2018, and Terra Battle 2, the sequel to Terra Battle, uh, that mobile game, you know, that was kind of like, you move characters around and it's very tactical. Mistwalker, basically. Mistwalker, yep. yep. Anna's into Terra Battle, I think. No, I stopped playing it a long time ago. Well, you but were into Terra Battle. Yeah, for a limited time. But, I mean, the weird thing is, this isn't the console game, right? Uh, No, this... Well, mobile game. This is the mobile game. Yeah. Where's the PC release... Um, but come into PC also. Eh? They didn't yeah, say anything about console. Where's the console game? Did they confirm a console game? Yeah. Oh, for Terra Battle 1? Yeah. Oh, well... um. I guess I ha Anna, the time has come. Mm -hmm. People who make Kickstarter pledges, Kickstarter pledges, they don't actually always follow through on them. It wasn't even a Kickstarter pledge. People who make no. fake Kickstarter pledges don't even. What was it? A download starter? What did they call it? Because yeah. it was just they just yeah. wanted high number of downloads. It was so BS. People don't always follow through on those promises. <sighs> they announced it. They gave it a name. They gave, like, details about it. I guess it's been, like, buried. 
Let's see. Terra Battle. Con- I don't know. I'm going to look it up. Let's see. Uh, as of July 3rd, they said the story and pre-production is nearly, com- nearly complete. Um, so it, it seems like from this story in July, Terra Battle 2 was meant to come out first. Okay. So the hope is not lost completely. All right. All right. All right. It's an advice for Final Fantasy 7 Remake. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to be out before the Final Fantasy 7 remake. Yeah, probably. Will that sink in for a minute? Wait. That's because the guy who was working on Kingdom... Is Nomura still working on Kingdom Hearts 3? Because I feel like his games only come out nowadays when he's taken off them. (laughs) No, actually, I think he was taken off of it, and that's why they have a release date now, or a release window. Perfect. Sounds good. Good job, Nomura. Way to go, Japanese culture, for not firing people who can't produce things. All right, so Nintendo Direct presentation. They uh, announced some stuff. First was the weirdest description of Pokemon Ultra Sun and Moon I've seen, like, ever, where they were trying to tell you, like, a, a list of things that are going to differ between the first game, the set of games and this game's, because, you know, just... they want make you excited for this. Um, one of those things not confirmed in that list of games... All new story was never said. They said new Ultra Beasts. They said new um, uh, new legendaries. They said new islands. And they said new story sections. But they never said like the main story was going to be any different. Which concerns me a bit. Yep. Um, and I'll leave it at that. Uh, but Oh, right. I won't leave it at that. If you get the digital version, you get Quick Balls. Oh my god. Quick Balls. I know. I know. Uh, and, and you know how many you get? Twelve. Twelve. Yeah. <laughs> if you uh, the, you also get that that new rock rough form is for anybody who gets the game like within the first few months. So if you just get the game, you'll be able to download that new rock rough into your game. So. Cool. Am I getting it digitally? I guess I am. Eh. Well, whatever you want to do, I don't care. I'm not going to get not it. Getting it right. I I just I don't see enough reason to get it based on what they've shown. All right. I'm hopeful that it's going to be like black and white too, where it is going to be an expansion. I mean, black and white too, a totally different story, right? Yeah. So you'd think they'd say that at this point, but all right, well, let's hold out that they're just doing a really weird marketing thing that I don't understand. And they're playing fourth dimensional chess and I'll come back and, and see what they were going for later. All right, uh, we've got, they showed some video for Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga and Bowser's Minions, which is coming out on October 6th. Yokai Watch 2 Psychic Specters coming out September 29th in North America and February 2018 in Europe. And Anna, mm-hmm. for Yokai Watch 2 Psychic Specters, they announced that people who already have Yokai Watch 2 can download like this free DLC for it, right? Yeah. What does that do? Gives you some Yokai. And like a new thing to do, right? No. No? No, it's just yokai. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was something else then. No. Oh, okay. Um, We skipped a Pokemon thing. Well, I, uh, oh, we did? Yeah, gold and silver. Yeah. Oh, I don't care about them. Well, oh, yeah, someone it is wrote important. here sun and gold. What? 
Someone who who did the notes. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Gold and silver, <laughs> gold and silver coming out on the eShop. On there was lots of ice. It was 1 a.m. when I wrote it. <laughs> Pokemon Gold and Silver will be on the eShop on September 22nd, and Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon will be available on November 17th. Now, but back- we're skipping. Oh, yeah. We're, we're, we're skipping skip? something. What? If, if you get uh, gold and silver, you can get a Celebi. Great. If you use the Pokebank. Okay. I use the Pokebank. I don't. You should. It's the best way to protect your Pokemon as long as you remember to renew it. I don't transfer Pokemon from game to game. I don't care All right. about Back to your Yokai Watch 2. You get the Oni Evolution software update starting today. It adds Yokai Watch Psychic Blasters mode with additional bosses to battle against. So oh, see, that's right. And the chance to befriend new Yokai. Yeah. And you can transfer... Well, okay. That's going to let you transfer your save data from the current games to the new game, which you might want to do. Mm, maybe. So you don't have to redo everything. Maybe. Yeah. But that doesn't sound very fun. Redoing everything sounds fun? Yeah, because I could do it with a different set of yokai. <sighs> the Alliance Alive is going to be released in North America and Europe in 2018 from Atlas... What is the Alliance Alive? I don't remember. The it's... sequel to Legend of Legacy. God, these names. <laughs> okay. The Alliance Alive is the sequel to... There's a penguin and a hat in it, so you need to get it. I don't know what this penguin does, but there's a penguin in it at some point in the game. And I've heard that this one is actually better than Legend of Legacy, so... How did you like Legend of Legacy, Anna? Um, I didn't. So this one's perfect for you. It'll be well, better. I, I will be Ka- getting... Kaijin was saying good things about it. <laughs> about this one? Alliance yeah. Live? Okay. I will be getting it so I can vet it for Anna. Yeah, next year. We'll get to it next year, it looks like. Um, oh, Etrian Odyssey 5 has a demo. That's out now. Need to get to that. Full game, October 17th. Um, Shin Megami Tensei Strange Journey Redux and Radio Historia Perfect Chronology got mentions ahead of their releases in 2018. Uh, it sounded like they were announcing that they were coming over, but I think that was already announced a while ago. Um, I the think first they time just confirmed direct. release dates. Yeah. No, into that. they're just mentioning that they're coming soon. Yeah. Uh, it's always good to put it on a direct if you can. So. Uh, they showed off a bunch of stuff on Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And uh, it took them a while for them to say what the game was, and they had this weird voice actor doing a little narration thing go for a while. And then all of a sudden, I'm like looking at this, like this looks like this looks like Xenoblade Chronicles 2, but it doesn't sound like it, and it looks a little different. So what is this Xenoblade wannabe game? And then all of a sudden, it's like Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I'm like, oh, it's not a Xenoblade wannabe game. It is a Xenoblade game. It's like, okay, cool. So what are we showing us? And I came away from that big long section of the direct thinking that I really don't like the voice acting in Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and I miss the really English voice acting from the first Xenoblade Chronicles so I'm a little sad about that um what did you all think about it did it look good to you interesting I mean that game looks really fun to me mm-hmm. but I agree with the consensus is that they kind of spent way too much long way too long of a time in that direct on the nuance of that game they sh- talked about 
the battle system in an excruciating detail to the point where I thought we were talking about a Tales game now. And yeah. I, I was just like losing interest fast. And it was like, here's my big takeaway. And I, I hope you all disagree with me. If you if your big reveal for gameplay of this game is completely focused around minutia of the battle system instead of the story, and you're looking at this from the perspective of Xenoblade Chronicles player, what is it that drew you into the world of Xenoblade Chronicles to begin with? Did you want to hear about like minutia of the battle system, or did you want like big open world RPG with giant cool story and a billion hours of gameplay? Because I, I just have a feeling that this is not being marketed the way that the people who consume games like this would really react to properly. I don't know. What do you yeah, think? I, I, it's like, it, why aren't they showing off the story? Why is that not the big thing taking up all the thing and a big, nice produced trailer like being, oh, I want to go play that and see that and all oh, that looks cool and I like the music here and this cutscene here and that's not what they're doing. And it's really got me worried that the game might not have a good story or something like that. I don't know. Oh, uh, It could either be that they don't want to get into spoilers or what could actually be is that the story is so complicated that you can't just do it in an elevator pitch. Sure. Yeah. That didn't I... stop them from doing it with the first game, right? Oh. Well, they did it with the first game for the 3DS version. With the first games we released, it wasn't really heavy, all that heavily marketed. Well, not here it wasn't. Well, from my view. <laughs> well, not, in, well, not in Europe either. But... Oh, okay. So it's hard to compare the two. Would you want to compare it, compare it with Xenoblade Chronicles X, which did go into excruciating massive detail many, many times? So, hmm. all right, it's a it's what they've done before with it. So I don't think they needed to go into that much detail, but it was nice to see lots of game and listen to as much music as possible. I mean, I'm going to end up getting the game just because I love the first two games and it looks like that the story is going to be, I don't know, a little bit more down to earth in this game. You're on flying giant animals. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's, it's extremely not down to earth as it can possibly be, isn't it? Well, (laughs) I know that the second game... (laughs) I I think... I misspoke there, and I apologize. I think what I meant to say is that, you know, the first game, I don't remember that much. The second game was, like, kind of middled in the space opera, and it looks like this third game is going to be more of a traditional JRPG story. From a monolith well, The first one was fairly traditional as well, I think. So, yeah. yeah but it's, it's more on the first and that they've actually got the set cast of characters and things like that, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I I got a, I just got a bad vibe from that whole thing, and I, my my this is going to be a bad game alarm is going off, and I can't properly elucidate on why, and so I'm just trying to shut up about it and wait to see more footage, because I don't know. I've just got this bad feeling about it, but they do have a release date. They're proving me wrong here, too. December 1st, 2017. It's going to come out this year um, on the Switch. Uh, there will be a s- special version of the Switch available that has, like, 
red controllers, right? Or, no, I'm sorry. Did I say the special That's version one thing that's not. Okay. <laughs> I said there's a special version of the Switch, and I think that was completely wrong. I'm sorry. There's a special version of the Switch Pro controller that will have, like, little red arms. Yeah. That's what it is. And a little yeah. X on it, so that's cool. Um, there will be a collector's edition, which has a steelbook case, a sound selection CD, not a full soundtrack, the game, um, a big old art, 200-page art book, and, um, yeah, big fancy box that it comes in and or there's the other special edition wait what's the difference that's the european special edition as a side stuff oh (laughs) the good stuff is the european special edition that i just described here's the u.s special edition both of the the same contents basically they're just different designs on them (laughs) all right you're right you get the steelbook art book yeah and sunset different colors on the stuff yeah, the different yeah. artistic design. I don't know why they would bother to do d- completely different runs for this. Here it's a hard-covered art book. In Europe it's a soft-covered art book. Why? I don't know. The one thing that's the same is the steel case, because those are so expensive to make anyway. So, All right. Well, anyway, um, if you want to figure more more about that game, I encourage you to watch the Direct, because... There's more info than you might even want. <laughs> so go go check that out. Um, then they talked about Fire Emblem Warriors and how Lynn from Fire Emblem on Game Boy Advance will be in the game. Which is a big deal. Why is that a big deal? Because she's not one, uh, she's not one from one of the games that they said they were illuminating themselves to. Ah. Dun, dun, dun. She, uh, yeah, so they show a trailer of her doing things like pairing up with others and customizing her and weapons triangle and stuff like that. Um, that'll be out October 20th, in case you don't remember. Uh, the Elder Scrolls... Oh, go ahead. Someone's they announced the release date for the Common Tiki Amiibos, too, which come out on the same day. Oh, Anna. Do we have to pre-order Krom and Tiki? I need my waifu. You need your waifu. Okay. Uh, is, who's your waifu, Tiki or Krom? Tiki. <laughs> okay. It's my my husband does Krom. Ah, <laughs> it war- a release date for the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim was announced November 17th I'm really sad they didn't go for November 11th again 11-11? Um, that's when the so Skyrim came out 11-11-11 so I figured uh, they would do 11-11 again but that's a Saturday this year so uh, yeah can't do that yeah um, another game was Octopath Traveler which we already talked about the demo of so you can go see that in motion if you go check out the direct. Um, and Dragon Quest Builders is coming to Switch. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. Dragon Quest Builders uh, will be out in spring of 2018. And there are three uh, little stingers for Golf Story, Nine Parchments, and Lost Sphere, which you're probably better off seeing more about on the Nindies presentation, right? Well, maybe not Lost Sphere. Lost Sphere is not an indie, right? I can't keep these straight. Yeah, that's the I Am Setsuna one. That's uh, yeah. Nine parchments we played at PAX. Anna, you and I, remember? That was the uh, magical like game. Yes. Yeah. I um I killed people accidentally a lot, and There's, then I resurrected them and healed them. There was a lot of accidental death, and that was fun. <laughs> um, I don't know if we're gonna end up playing that when it comes out, but uh, yeah, that, that was, was cool. cool. Yeah. That was better than than Magica. Better than Magica. Yeah. Because you don't have to spend all your time constructing the spells yeah because it was just like click spell click spell click spell done 
I'm interested in golf story as well. Um, it looks kind of like a golf RPG. Yeah. So, so we need to see more about that. But I don't know when it's coming out. Um, and that's it. That's the direct. Woo. <sighs> Let's All see right. if it has a release date. Golf story for Nintendo Switch. Anna's Septem- it says September. I think it's this month. Yeah, so the site just says September, no day. Anna is just consist constantly pursuing the uh the the legend of old Mario Golf RPGs. I know. And she wants those back. Yep. But that developer doesn't seem interested in them anymore. Camelot? Not yeah. really. Does All Camelot right. do anything anymore? Yes. Yes. They make other Okay. <sighs> Let me let, let me tell you their most recent game. So let's see. Camelot Software Planning. Blah, blah, blah. Mario Sparts Superstars. Yeah. And Mario Tennis Ultra Smash. Yeah. And Mario Golf World Tour. I'm I going feel backwards. Like their talents are being wasted. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Not gonna get a new Golden Sun anytime soon. You got one in 2010, and that was more than you should have ever expected to have. Let me, let me, the fact that that thing existed still amazes me. <laughs> Here's a new golden sun. I'm like, what? <laughs> no, it's, it's been eight years. We thought this was over. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, what are they doing now? Uh, I guess that, that 20 superstars was this year. They must be helping out with a bunch of other projects or something. Yeah, there's more tennis and golf games to me. <laughs> uh, oh, Anna, what's up with the SNES Classic and NES Classic? What's I'm All confused. Right, so um, I, I, everyone's confused, right? <laughs> Reggie had an interview of some sort, or like there was a press it's release a press that went out. It says, and basically they said. Um, there's going to be a ton of Super Nintendo minis. So don't buy from scalpers. Um, and they also announced that they are going to reprint the NES Classic Mini in 2018. That's cool. So, and there seems to be some confusion about when that's going to happen because some places are saying summer and some places are just generically saying early 18 and some places are saying 2018 in general so yeah it's a bit of a mishmash does that mean we have to go get controllers now no no in this somewhere like either in the press release or what whatnot they said that the reason why they underestimated the demand of the nes many was because um, consoles like the Atari Flashback and the Sega ones didn't do very well. And I mean, how much do you guys buy that? Yeah, that feels. Uh, they're right. <laughs> I mean, they're true, but that also feels dumb. I, I mean, it. I don't know. I, it is true that that is the only thing that they could base their sales off of, but that also feels like a very poor benchmark to to base their sales off of. You know what I mean? And I mean, to yeah, be clear, they finally, they also finally gave um, in an interview with um, Time. Here it is. Hang on. Let me pull it up here. 
I don't, I, I can't remember if it's in the written part or if it's in the video. Um, so they sold 2.3 million Ness classics. Um, and they produced about two and a half million. Where'd the other ones go? Um, those would be like, um, the 200,000 they kept for defectives and repairs. Oh, okay. I mean, you do need to keep a certain amount for, you know, defective damage loss units. So. I mean, I, I really, really want to give them the benefit of the doubt. But at the same time, it's like, you guys are Nintendo. You kind of created the colloquialism, go play Nintendo. You would think that they would have anticipated the demand. Yeah, I mean... I, I, and I, hind, the problem is, is hindsight is always twenty twenty, Right. So it's like, you know, they could have gone crazy and made 10 million of these things and hoped they sold, but instead they made two and a half and they all sold, you know? So now they're going to make I, more. I, I'm not faulting them at all here. I, people like to fault them and say they're being stupid or bad to their fans. It's like. Well, I it looks like they're running their business well to me. Yeah, so. I mean, this is this is the Atlas dilemma back when Atlas uh, back before digital gaming was a thing. Atlas made a certain number of physical copies of their game and didn't make any more. And guess what? They sold 100% of their games. Yeah. That was a fantastic business. It doesn't model take a lot of mistakes to put yourself out of business in this market is the problem. Now, yes, <laughs> Nintendo can make more of those mistakes than Atlas. So, but whatever. And I don't, I'm glad you said that because I don't like that notion of companies deliberately going out to make fans upset. I don't think that that's any company's goal. I just think that in the case of the NAS Classic, it was just Nintendo kind of having an oversight. And I'm kind of, I'm really glad that they're kind of course correcting on that now. Well, right. Are they? Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> we'll see how many they more they print. I mean, I would realistically like to see them print another two and a half million. I read this and I'm saying, yes, they're going to put out more than they put out for the NES Classic, but don't count on it being that much more. So, um, yeah. I mean, they they haven't put out hard numbers, but I mean, one of the messages that we have been hearing since E3 is that they are printing significantly more SNES classics than they did NES classics. Okay. Take that as you well, will. Um, Toys R Us put out their estimated numbers, and they said that day one, they're going to get an average of about 50 per store, and Compared to the NES Classic, which was about six or seven per store. That is that is a lot better. So They will all sell out, but it is a lot better. <laughs> I mean, I have that day off that day, and I'm going to drive around and just see how bad the lines are. Well, you're not going to try and pre-order if pre-orders go up again? Well, I have a pre-order on Target, but that was when a lot of those pre-orders were glitching out and their site was very unstable. So I'm going to believe that pre-order when I see it. And plus, I'm trying to find one for my family for Christmas. Mm, okay. So <laughs> it's definitely a bird in hand with two in the bush kind of thing with me right now. And if I drive by GameStop and Best Buy and see a line sneaking around the door, it's like, okay, not going to bother. Star Fox 2 in the hand is worth, yeah. I don't know, 
Star Fox 2 in the bush. 10 on the Wii U. Because none of them want to play that. (laughs) All right. right. Uh, We have some editorial things to plug. We've got an Ease 8 review. Four out of five. He liked it. Mike Menke. We have another Ease 8 review. Yeah, so we did one. Four and a half out of five. He also liked it. We did one on the PS4 and one on the Vita. That's from Harry. Um, Wait, which one ranked higher? You tell me. We don't have a way of doing... Oh, we do have platform. Okay. The PS4 ranked higher. Okay. (laughs) Not from the same person, though, so whatever. Pascal reviewed Undertale, gave it a three and a half, even though he didn't seem that big on it. Pascal? Yeah. Did he leave? It's me. Yeah. Pascal? Three and a half out of five. He thought it was yeah. he thought it was decent. Did you get right? did you get some hate for that? Uh no. <laughs> really? But no, I there's literally there's two comments on it. Yeah, that might just be because we're, well, I mean we have another review. Now, oh yeah, this do. was the second review for the the game that oh. we had. Because it's it's now out on console, so I think the um the prime time for the review is done. Gotcha. And then this is really cool. We have an interview between Jonathan Stringer and uh, Chris Avalone. Um, and you can uh, see him kind of talking about how he's been going from different studios and working on a bunch of different projects and kind of get his input on all that. So I encourage you to go read that. It's uh, it's pretty long. I can't really summarize it here. But uh, go read that. It's, uh, it's featured on our site right now. And I highly recommend it. Uh, we got some briefs. Um, Excel World versus Sword Art Online is out now on PC. I haven't heard anything about this in a while. Anna, this is a crossover RPG. Yay. You don't care? Not really. No? I don't follow either of those things, and it's a PC game. <laughs> I mean, could there could I have any less interest in this? It was out on uh, consoles already, I think. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, but still, yeah, I Death, agree. Death End Request. I don't even remember what this is. It's a compile heart game. They're getting two new characters. When is this coming out? It's only Japan at this point. Okay. Good. Good to know. So that's got more characters in it. Summon Night 6, still not out. <laughs> Wasn't this supposed to be out in like I, May? I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, it's oh, out I'm in sorry, Japan Kelly. last year. and Yeah, it's a, it's a Vic Ireland game. So yeah. Yeah, it's, out when it's, it's out. going through Final QA, they say. Okay. Radiant Historia 3DS Launch Edition. So we talked about how it's coming... And they have a uh, launch edition that you're going to get very several character decals, or as Anna likes to call them, decals, and an exclusive art book housed inside housed inside special packaging. And that's yeah, that's it. That's it for news on that. So get some decals and a book. Crypt of the Necrodancer is coming to Switch. Awesome. Um, no date was given, but it will have a new character and local co-op. Cool. Ooh, cool. And then a new Papalakwa is coming to smartphones. Uh, Japan only at this point, I think. I doubt we'll see it. Yeah. All right. uh, the the Popo uh, Story of Seasons game did not do well. So the uh, the game is going to be shown off at Tokyo Game Show. Which, by the way, guys, Tokyo Game Show, totally still a thing, happening um, next week. Ooh. So... Hopefully we'll see some cool announcements. I, or that the game that it's finally over. Either way, just let's let's figure out what we're doing with TGS. Anna, 
Do we have our question of the week feedback from our big what we should be playing stuff? No, because I assumed you did it last week. Oh, no. I saved it for you because um, you every didn't... I was the only one around who that stuff was for. And so none of the people would have been here to receive their gameplay assignments. You didn't tell me this. I'm sorry. So I didn't fill it out. I have... Um, so we'll have to do it next week. Okay. Well, I have one response from last week's show thread where Victor says... For the question of the week, are we not restricted to the list anymore? If so, I want to get on the bag wa- bandwagon encouraging Anna Marie to play Undertale. Uh, it's fun, uh, well-written, uh, short, inexpensive, and on the PS4 now. Yeah. Well, you, you got a better <laughs> chance telling her it's on the Vita. Just just a hint there. <laughs> See, the, the thing about saving that for next week is that the question was, what are we going to play <laughs> for September? September. And September's going to be almost over. You know what we should do? We should save it for the 30th and see if we hit any of the games. (laughs) I mean, I hit three of them. How did you not do this last week, Chris? Because nobody was on that it was relevant to. Fail. And I said I noticed I was supposed to play two games, and I will be sure to play them, and I've already played one of them. Fail. I haven't played. Fail, Chris. I failed. Fail. I failed. Fail. Do we do we want to do we should we change it this week and start asking for October games? <laughs> no, we'll do that next week. We'll do, we'll do September next week and then what? Just be done with September. We'll, we'll review at the end. We'll review mm-hmm. at the end of next week. <laughs> All right, we'll see how we've been doing. <sighs> yeah, we'll have two weeks to we'll have we'll have a week. We'll have a week <laughs> to resolve deficiencies after next week i mean to be fair i have been playing pretty much everything on the list so yay i bet you i bet you were pretty good i bet you were pretty hold on i've got the thread up do you think they emailed us too Mm-hmm. oh you know and social media shoot and i'm not digging for those tweets because they're gonna be buried as hell so wait uh, that's not new the game releases Hold on, I got the wrong one. <laughs> That's Anna's head, I think. <laughs> uh, people want me to play Mario and Rabbids, which I'm doing. They want you to play Monster Hunter Stories, Anna. Which you are thinking about, at least, right? She's not responding to me anymore. And they want Kelly to play Metroid Samus Returns, which I did. Yep. Um, let's see. Ease 8 and Yakuza Kiwami. And everybody's golf, but they didn't say for whom. Uh... Only one person had it on their list. That makes it a really easy way to figure out <laughs> who they were suggesting it for. Wheel says, there's no Ease 8 on Chris's list. What's going on? I'm like, yep. Because <laughs> Chris is not getting into the ease right now. You would like ease though. They're very short games. How short? This one is not short. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't really help then, does it? <laughs> All right. I guess we'll go more into that next week and harass each other for what we didn't play and then maybe make our October lists and do this right. <sighs> We can do this. <sighs> okay. Uh, here's the new releases for the week before Anna beats me. Uh, Divinity Original Sin 2 is out on PC. Uh, Nintendo Switch is getting Quest of Dungeons, a little roguelike thingy, um, or got. 
Quest of Dungeons. Uh, PS4 is getting The Binding of Isaac Afterbirth Plus, it looks like, and Dishonored, The Death of the Outsider. Wii U is getting Earthlock Festival of Magic. Xbox One is getting Blackguards 2, which I don't remember doing that well in the reviews, and also getting Dishonored, Death of the Outsider. And I know Dishonored isn't really an RPG, but it's close enough, I count it, um, for this list. 3DS is getting Metroid Samus Returns. It has it. Does it really count as an RPG? Probably not, but I figure we care enough about it to put it on the list. PS Vita, Anna. Mary Skelter. Mary Skelter Nightmares. Yep. Are you going to be jumping into that? Oh, yeah. Maybe? All right. PC, Dishonored, Death of the Outsider, Divinity Original Sin 2, Faria Starfall, which I can't tell if it's an RPG or not. And go look at the page on Steam, and you tell me if it is. F-A-R-I-A Starfall, because I can't tell. Um, also, SteamWorld Dig 2 is coming out, like, this week. That's a big deal. Coming to Windows, Macintosh, Linux, and the Switch. So I, fr- I need to put that up on the Switch area. Um, SteamWorld Dig 2. And is this in, oh, it's in Steam's RPG games section? <laughs> what is uh, Faria? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all right. Uh, that's just me making fun of Steam's labeling. The fact that they say RPG games, yeah. yeah. The tags are kind of useless. And well, appear- no, Chris. They call it RPG games. Oh, did they? <laughs> I didn't catch what you were saying. Ah, well, i got to see this now. Faria Star... Oh, that's the second Faria game. There was a first Faria game. Where's RPG? No, I just see RPG tags oh yeah all games rpg games yep perfect thank you steam 10 out of 10 it it's what they do is they just put the tag and then the word games after it but so that results in rpg yeah okay uh what else is coming up guild wars 2 path of fire is there a guild war expansion and we've had no news about it we don't tend to cover well that's been a bunch just been ignoring it. <laughs> Nobody cares. I, you know, we did cover this a while back, but like, there hasn't been. I'm used to MMO expansions having a new story every week for like three months, and that hasn't been happening here. So, all right, they're they're adding mounts, so you can have a giant bunny rabbit mount if you want, and stuff like that. Guild Wars two. You have to subscribe to play Guild Wars 2, right? I thought it was just buy. No, it's, it buy I think once? it's buy. Um, yeah. So I could just jump back into Guild Wars 2 and, and start playing that again. Hmm. Yeah, I'll get right on that. Um, <laughs> I think that's it for our new releases. Now, I have to ask you, what are you going to play? Anna Marie, what are you playing this week? Um, TBD. <laughs> Not a good answer. Pascal Takai, what are you playing this week? Well, it's it's kind of TBD too, to be honest. But Alex um, Fuller, I, what are you playing? Uh, this, okay, <laughs> go ahead, Pascal. No, well, um, I might uh, dedicate some time to The Witcher Three. I started a little bit, so that might be a game I might spend time on. And I'm um, I'm excited for uh, Battle Chasers coming out soon. Although we're still a few weeks away from that. Have you been playing the Gwent beta at all? No. No, not in the Gwent. Okay. I've barely even gotten uh gotten any time on on The Witcher three, so okay. I, I can't really. Fair. Okay, I'm done. Alex Fuller, what will you be playing, sir? Uh, underwater, Raven, aren't they? 
Underwater Ray Romano. All right. And <laughs> possibly Project Cars 2, because I think that comes out this week. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Okay. And Kelly Ryan? More Yeez, more Samus. I will be finishing up Divinity Original Sin 1, making a decision about Divinity Original Sin 2. Anna, will we be playing any Yakuza? Um, yeah, probably tomorrow. Tomorrow? Because okay. I have, like, chattel. Oh, no, football tomorrow. So I don't know when we're playing Yakuza, and I'm really sad about it because we should be playing Yakuza. Majima's everywhere! I know. He's literally every... It's scary (laughs) how many places Majima is. Um, So maybe if I can't do uh, Yakuza, I will have to decide between other games on the PC or Monster Hunter Stories. And so we'll see how that goes. So that's where I'm at. Um, Do we have a question of the week for folks? Um... No. How about what made you excited on the Nintendo Direct? Yeah, there's a good one. Okay, perfect. That's what I need. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week. And uh, hopefully we'll actually have your feedback properly presented. I want you to send us lots of feedback from this question. What made you excited in the Nintendo Direct? Via the following three ways. Podcast.rpgamer.com, forums.rpgamer.com, or 608-729-4098. 608-729-4098. Operators are standing by. Not really. It's just a Google Voice number. Leave a voicemail. Whew. And uh, we'll be back next week, every week, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. We're streaming the show over on twitch.tv slash rpgamer. You can follow us on all the social media stuff and uh, just uh, stay tuned to the site. Uh, Participate in the forums and uh, let's be a good RPG community helping each other out. And um, yeah, I really need to figure out who's going to play Dauntless with me. I kept forgetting to do that. All right. Anyway, catch you next week. Till then. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.